You're listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the Holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find I'm full of surprises. It's not over yet. No. There is another. Hey there, Star Wars fans. You're listening to episode 48 of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news, rumors, and title announcements for Star Wars Episode 7 and the future upcoming Star Wars movies and all the other new and exciting projects in the Star Wars universe. And as always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-host with me, the neon numb to my Lando Calrissian. Tim's here. How's it going, Tim? Uh, doing good. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm doing great. Not because you referred to me as Nia Num, but <laughs> because we just taken a great big step into the dreams that we've had for years to becoming more of reality where we're sitting in a theater seeing Star Wars Episode 7, but now we have a title to go with it. Yeah, so, not exactly but. our first step into a larger world, but... Another big step forward. Um, and, of course, you know, we, we don't need to mince words here. Everybody's probably already heard it anyways. But uh, the title for Star Wars Episode Seven has been just recently announced that it's going to be Star Wars The Force Awakens. Um, you know, big news over the Internet the past couple days. But, uh, I don't know, Tim, what were your, your first reactions on hearing the title? Yeah, when I first saw it, I was like, wow. First off, the like I said, the reaction is that we just got – a title for a new Star Wars movie. Just that in itself, but still <laughs> took me a while to process process that. Just how cool it is to know that we just got a new Star Wars title announcement. Because I remember back in 1998 when I just heard the name The Phantom Menace, not necessarily thinking about what the title means and all that first, but just being the fact that, okay, this is officially a new title to go with A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. But now we have The Phantom Menace. So I would go back and just think to myself, okay, so we got The Phantom Menace, and then it's blank, blank, a New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. Then when Episode 2 got announced, okay, we got The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clothes, and then Blank. And then it was just nice to have it all filled up together when Revenge of the Sith got announced and I could know the names of all six Star Wars titles. And now that we got Episode 7 announced, they don't have to worry about going back and worrying about Blank titles because now we're moving forward. So it's Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, The Force Awakens. And I think when you say them all together, it has a nice ring to it. So just that in itself, it's just awesome to know that we got a new Star Wars title. And personally, I think it fits nicely with all the others. When I first heard it, I just thought to myself was, I was actually a little surprised they went with a title that to me sounds like something that could be guessed or expected amongst fans. Like I think it actually... Uh, on the Jedi Council forums over the Forcenet, someone looked it up where someone did actually guess back in 2012 <laughs> The Force Awakens as a title for Episode 7 when it was first announced. So it's like one of those titles that's not too shocking, but at the same time, you definitely want to know what it means. So I think it fits nicely from what the other titles, because if you think about Return of the Jedi, the Jedi Return, and then the next step after that, The Force Awakens. In which way? Well, we'll have to wait and see, but... We'll have plenty of fun speculating about what The Force Awakens actually means. But 
overall, my general impressions out of it when I first heard it was that I really liked it. I think it fits nicely. A little surprised that it was something, I don't want to use the word safe, but something that wasn't too far out there that we've been used to in the past was the, the stuff with the prequels. So overall, I'm really happy with it. I just can't wait to dive in some more on what we think the title is going to imply with the overall story for the movie. So I'm happy. Yeah, and not only did someone guess this title back in 2012, but also there's a Star Wars fan film called The Force Awakens from oh, really? like 2005. <laughs> yeah, I just saw that on like Yahoo or something the other day. Um, and they were saying that, uh, you know, some guy in Canada who made a, you know, kind of low budget, like not even that high quality uh, fan film, they interviewed him about it. He was like, yeah, well, my movie was kind of crap, but I think it's funny that, you know, they picked the same title. Um, so yeah, like you said, it it wasn't, Oh, he, he's going to file a lawsuit now against Lucasfilm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, it was something kind of safe, I guess, you know, it it wasn't like a, a big shocking title. It didn't really have a whole lot of, um, I don't want to say impact, but it, it doesn't feel like it's making a really bold statement, but at the same time, like you said, I think it does sort of fit nicely, um, with the other the other titles, I mean, I didn't really necessarily love it or hate it at first. I think I was just more excited that we got a title. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I saw The Force Awakens, I was like, huh, that's interesting. Because um, obviously it doesn't really tell us anything about the movie. Um, and I guess some of the other titles, you think, you know, A New Hope and The Phantom Menace maybe aren't all that descriptive either. But like Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi, The Empire Strikes Back, those titles um, sort of definitively like make a statement about what happens in the movie. And with the force awakens, you don't really kind of get that sense. But at the same time, I mean, all those other ones, I'm kind of looking back in retrospect because we've seen those movies. And so with the force awakens, once we've seen that movie in theaters, once it comes out, then, you know, we might have a whole different take on the title and it might feel like, Oh, you know, now I know exactly what that's referring to. Um, and something else I thought it kind of sounds similar to the force unleashed, but not quite as extreme. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute with a new rumor, uh, regarding Luke Skywalker that I thought, well, if that turns out to be true, then, uh, the title of the movie sounds like it would kind of fit in perfectly with that. Um, but I also think it'll probably, um, you know, sort of in a more simple way relate to, one of the main characters, you know, Daisy Ridley's character, or John Boyega, you know, one of the newer uh, main characters discovering their force powers, obviously, and discovering the Jedi and meeting Luke Skywalker. And I'm um, sort of taking that first step into a larger world. Um, you know, so I think that'll sort of be, you know, maybe one meaning to it. It'll be the force awakening within somebody, but in a larger context, it could mean um, a resurgence of the Jedi and the Sith. It could mean, the the awakening of you know Luke Skywalker or some other really powerful Force user or something like that. So um, definitely an, an intriguing title that sort of opens the door for a lot of possibilities and a lot of speculation. Um, and you know, like I said, more than anything, it just makes me even more excited for the movie. But I mean, I've said this a lot of times before that even if the title were to completely just be you know, boring or sound ridiculous or something like that. At the end of the day, that's not what the movie's going to be remembered for. You know, nobody's going to walk out of the theater after seeing that movie and say, wow, that movie was really good, but the title absolutely sucked. Or, you know, they're not going to say, oh, man, that movie was terrible and there was, like, clones of Jar Jar Binks, but the name was really good, and so I liked it because of that, you know. So, um, you know, obviously, like, on the one hand, 
it's it's a big reveal, it's a big deal, and it's you know a name that's going to stick with us for a long time because as Star Wars fans, like this is the name of the the first new entry in our franchise. But at the same time, it really is the the content and the story of the movie that's going to make it what it is, and it's not necessarily just the title that's going to define it. Yeah, and I think part of it too is that what you were just saying, how this is like the first new chapter in, in Star Wars I've gotten in a long time. It's just like the new beginning of Star Wars since Disney bought it, Lucasfilm. And so I think it, The Force Awakens kind of applies to that too, where The Force is awakening or Star Wars is awakening all over again. Like it's going to start a brand new era. So I think it works on both levels, both for the film and just kind of maybe in a literal sense for the, the brand and the franchise of Star Wars coming back in a big way. So I think you like kind of look at it both ways uh, once you think about it. But going after I got my initial like reaction to it, I just kept thinking about like how the, the title sounds and how it fits with the other movies. Then that's where uh, later in the day <laughs> where I started speculating on what could it actually mean. And I've seen a lot of different theories on Twitter and online and all that about what could it possibly mean for the movie. Is it dark side related? Is it light side related? Is it to one specific character? And like again, until we actually see the movie, we won't know for sure. But I'm kind of in the mindset that I think The Force Awakens is going to apply to a lot of different things. I think it actually might be something has to do with the, both the light side and the dark side, where it's not going to be maybe force, both of them are going to come to the forefront of the galaxy in a way that we've never seen before. That's kind of something I want to see, like something brand new to the mythology and the mystery of the Force that we've never seen before. And when we see Episode Seven or The Force Awakens now, <laughs> we're going to be blown away and just think, man, we never expected to know that about the Force. I didn't know the Force could be used that way or this is its origins and all that. I just think the possibility of what we can actually learn about the Force is just so intriguing to me. And the fact that now that it is called The Force Awakens. Uh, just makes it <laughs> drives the point home more for me where we're really going to dive into some cool stuff with the Force. Because even we talked about it before, or some rumors we've heard where maybe we're going to see the origins of the Jedi and the Sith, and who knows, maybe even the Force itself. How cool would that be? <laughs> maybe some people don't want to know that, but you know me, I like to hear origins for a lot of for almost everything, so <laughs> I wouldn't mind <laughs> seeing that. But I just think it's going to encompass a wide variety of stuff: the Force, the light side, the dark side. Maybe certain characters, like you mentioned, Daisy Ridley's John Boyega's, or maybe Luke, as you mentioned, we're going to talk about something regarding him later, which I think fits with this title. So not necessarily being specific to one uh, point that we're going to see in the movie, like I said, whether it's dark side or light side or one character. I think it's going to encompass a bunch of different uh, topics as we're watching the movie. So I'm excited for it. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's going to be for one specific thing. But just the prospect of learning more about the Force in ways we never could have imagined before. It just has me super, super excited. So I just can't wait. Oh, it just makes sense to me, too, that the Force has been such an important part of Star Wars since the very first movie and through the prequels, Clone Wars and Rebels now, and all the different uh, versions and stuff that we've got of the franchise. So the fact that it's now in the title, I think, makes perfect sense. And... (laughs) I don't know, now that I think about it, that we know that The Force Awakens is in the title, it kind of would have been, I don't want to say a waste, but maybe a little disappointing that out of nine Star Wars movies that we're going to get that are actual episodes of the main saga, that none of them had The Force in the title. <laughs> maybe would have been a missed opportunity. <laughs> so I'm glad it's in there now because it's such a big, important part of the Star Wars universe. So uh, so much to look forward to. <laughs> so much yeah. to speculate on. We've still got a year to go, but it's going to be fun. And I just 
don't think we're going to be disappointed when we're seeing it and how the title's going to apply to the actual movie that we're seeing when we're in the theater seats. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, like you said, if anything that we can learn from this title, it's that we can, uh, you know, it's a pretty safe bet that the force will play a big part of the, in the story in this movie, as it has with every star Wars movie before this. But, um, you know, like you said, it could be, have something to do with the, the origin of the force, or we could see some new, um, I don't know, some new translation of the force, you know, somebody discovering some new aspect of the force, something like that. Um, and like I said, it kind of made me think of the force unleashed at first, but sort of a, you know, it's, it sounds a little bit more tame, I guess. You know, it's not, oh, the Force is unleashed, but it's the Force Awakens. And so maybe we'll see, you know, with this new generation of Star Wars films and it being, you know, 2014 and all these big blockbusters are out now with all these huge special effects and everything. Maybe we'll see some some slightly more exaggerated Force powers, you know, something sort of somewhere in between what we see in the movies and what we see in... Um, you know, the Force Unleashed with, uh, you know, all those huge over-the-top Force pushes and lightning explosions and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I would certainly love to see that. Um, and, you know, if they stick to sort of how the Force has been uh, portrayed in the earlier movies, too, I'm fine with that. I'm not saying the Force is boring and it needs to suddenly, you know, get this huge boost. Um, and I know a lot of people say, you know, they think the Force Unleashed is too extreme and that, all oh, these characters shouldn't really be able to do that. And... I mean, on the on one hand, I sort of agree with that, too. Like, I definitely would not expect to see Luke Skywalker, you know, just, you know, throwing his arms out and sending out, like, huge shockwaves of energy that send 20 stormtroopers flying in all directions or even, like, disintegrate them like yeah. you would Force Unleashed, too. But, you know, if it were something a little more amped up and it had to do something with the story and with, you know, a discovery of a new aspect of the Force or something like that or with the Force Awakening... Um, that would be really cool to see. And of course, there've been a lot of jokes, you know, since the title was announced, I've seen a lot of people on Facebook and Twitter say, Oh, the force awakens. I didn't know the force was asleep. Um, you know, but at the same time, you, you kind of have to wonder, like, did the force or sort of, you know, in, in this just sort of, uh, translation of the force awakens, like, does that mean that the force has been dormant for the past 30 years since return of the Jedi. Like the emperor and Vader got destroyed. Luke went and disappeared and there haven't really been many force users in the galaxy. Or is this something where, you know, it's just sort of a continuation of one through six. And now the force is awakening, even related to, you know, the, the Jedi of the prequel trilogy and all that kind of stuff. Like, are we going to see, an even broader expansion of the force in this movie, you know, is somebody going to discover a new aspect to the force and is it going to awaken even further than it has in any of the previous movies? In which case, I mean, that is like hugely exciting because it's like, man, if all the, the cool stuff we saw with the force before was like just the beginning and now it's truly awakening, like, what are we going to get to see now? This is going to be awesome. Yeah. The possibilities are just endless when you think about it, but yeah, I mean, I will say this, go back to the whole thing where you say there are jokes for it. Much like the J.J. Abrams lens flare joke when he was announced as the director, I'm already getting tired of all the episode seven Force Awakens jokes. We got, oh, episode eight, the Force uh, makes some coffee. Episode nine, the Force <laughs> takes a shower. I'm like, okay, it was funny the first hour or so, but then Christina continues like, okay, let's just get used to the title now. I, I have to say, I don't think I heard that one, the Force <laughs> makes some coffee. <laughs> But going back to your point where about how maybe in the 30 years since Return of the Jedi, the Force is 
like hasn't been used that much or like too many people weren't force sensitive or just that whole idea that when episode seven or the force awakens starts uh, that's going to be the first time in a long time that the force is going to be used since return of the jedi and i kind of that idea is intriguing to me because i've said this before too where i'm hoping that the time between return of the jedi and the force awakens there's going to be a period of peace where just uh, our heroes haven't been non-stop dealing with threats throughout those 30 years so if there was peacetime for 30 years, uh, that'd be cool with me. And then this is the first threat to happen since then. But like you said, how is it going to be where just the force wasn't like it hasn't been dormant through those 30 years? What's the reason for that? And of course, we've got all the rumors about Luke being gone and the, the Empire has been done away with the Emperor and Darth Vader. So the dark side has been dormant. And if Luke was the last Jedi and he didn't train anyone uh, to use the light side and the light side has been dormant, too. But we know that. Force-sensitive children can always uh, be born and the Force is still out there, but maybe just not being used properly. So all that stuff is very interesting and fascinating to me. <laughs> and like I said before, just can't wait to see how it all play out. And I just really hope it's going to be something new that we haven't seen before with the Force. I think I'm getting the feeling that that's what it's going to be. I have a little... Maybe by the end we'll get a big revelation or something or see something a character do with the Force that we've never seen before. That's going to be so cool to see on screen. <laughs> I'm sure they can't resist. Like you said, with all the technology they got now, what they can do with the Force is, like even from the prequels, the technology has jumped so much with what they can do. So the possibilities are just endless <laughs> so with what we could possibly see from a visual standpoint and effects-wise and just from the story too. So yeah, the Force Awakens, it's been said, like you mentioned, maybe it is a safe title, but it's not safe in the front where you know exactly what we're going to get because just in the conversation we're having, I know tons of other people have had being Star Wars fans, just there's so many possibilities that there could be with this. and It's definitely not safe when it comes to speculation because ideas are just going rampant in my head right now and just being thrown out there by a bunch of other fans, I'm sure. So it's definitely not a safe title when it comes to speculation, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, just a ton of possibilities there. Um, and just to mention, I mean, it has been confirmed by Lucasfilm. I mean, some other people have like reached out and asked them on, on Facebook and Twitter and stuff and gotten confirmation that A... Um, the title is just called The Force Awakens. So as far as like marketing and, and posters and all that kind of stuff is, is concerned, it's just going to be titled Star Wars The Force Awakens. They've sort of dropped the Episode 7 from the title. But at the same time, they, they have said that Episode 7 will be in the title crawl at the beginning of the movie. And so, I mean, you know, it still fits in that continuation, obviously, of... Um, you know, Star Wars one through six, and now we have seven, and we'll still have eight and nine. Um, they're just marketing the titles a little bit differently, um, and so you know, I, I guess you can kind of go one way or the other. It's not like you know, it definitely isn't Episode seven. Like you can only call it The Force Awakens because I know just out of habit, I'm still going to call it Episode seven because it's going to be the one that comes after Episode six, um, yeah. and it's going to be you know still be in that succession. And like as long as it still says Episode seven in the title crawl. Like, that's still what I'm going to call it just because that's what I'm used to calling it. And I'll call it The Force Awakens, too. Just like, you know, when as Star Wars fans, when we talk about the different movies, sometimes you'll say, you know, do you like three or four better? And sometimes you'll say, do you like Revenge of the Sith or A New Hope better? Um, and, you know, we kind of just use those titles interchangeably. Um, but, yeah, I mean, especially with all the, you know, the standalone movies and stuff coming out that we know are going to be happening in the near future as well. I'm assuming those won't have any sort of numbering to them. It won't be like episode 7A 
um, you know, whatever, it'll just be whatever the title is going to be of the Obi-Wan movie or the Boba Fett movie or what have you. So um, at least I think it's still kind of important to have the the numbers in there for the main episodes just to kind of differentiate it from, from everything else. Because we as fans will be able to keep them apart. But I can see, you know, other people getting kind of confused by that as as they go along. It's like if you start having all these different Star Wars movies with all these different titles and none of them are numbered, um, you know, people might start getting confused as to like, now which one is episode seven and which one was the, the spinoff with this guy or that guy. So I don't know. I'm still going to call it episode seven, but, um, you know, again, like I said, that's kind of a, a minor detail, um, because it really is going to be the content of the movie that speaks for itself. But I know that's kind of been a, a point of controversy among some fans, you know, some people are like, Oh, why are they dropping the numbering and you know, yada, yada, yada. But um, at the end of the day, I, I don't think it's going to be a huge difference because like I said, as long as it still says episode seven at the beginning of the title crawl, I could care less what it says, you know, on the poster or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. I was actually a little surprised that the removal of the episode seven in the title got such a big uh, worry from fans the day it was announced because even when it wasn't confirmed by Lucasfilm that episode seven will still be in the opening crawl, I was like 100% confident that it would be there. There's just no way they wouldn't. Like you said, it could have caused confusion amongst uh, the these movies and the standalone movies and just the fact that it would continue from episode six. Yeah, it's, So to me, it's really not that big of an issue and all they're really doing is just going back to how it was done for the original trilogy because Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, they weren't marketed or called episode five and six when those were being promoted and when they were coming out. So that was just something that was just done for the prequels. And then when the DVDs came out for the original trilogy, they put the full like title, Star Wars Episode Four, New Hope and all that in, in those sets. So I'm sure they're going to do the same thing when we eventually get the nine movie box set, which uh, I can't wait for already. <laughs> They're all going to say the episodes on there too, probably like in the booklet or on the cover or the disc for each movie. So it's definitely going to still be there. And it was never really a worry of mine, but it's it just, to me, I just take it as we know for a long time, they really want to go back to the original trilogy style of things. So this is just another way for them to do it. Whether They're not going to market it as episode seven or episode eight. So yeah, like you said, Kyle, the thing that we all we got to worry about is it being in the opening crawl and it is and that's really all that matters to me so when we see a long time ago in a galaxy far far away then we see star wars we're going to see episode seven right after that so (laughs) no concern there for me even though it's nice to have it confirmed but it was never really a worry for me so just hopefully that could be something that won't be too much of a controversy or worry for fans as we move forward for just like a one-time thing where initially there was some concern, but now that it's been confirmed, hopefully we can move past this whole episode seven being removed from the official title of the movie. Yeah. But man, I mean, just as you're talking about that right there and saying, you know, when we see the, the opening title crawl and I'm picturing myself being in the movie theater just over a year from now, seeing Uh that opening crawl go up. (laughs) Oh man, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, everyone in the theater is going to look like they've been sprayed with uh, Joker toxin. We're just going to have these big <laughs> <on our> face. <laughs> that is exactly what I'm going to look like through the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing I'm wondering, too, like if they're going to keep it a secret or they'll release in advance, what's actually going to be in the opening crawl? Because I know for the prequels, uh, Lucas kind of released those a bit earlier before the actual movies came out. And I wonder if that's going to continue or if they're going to keep that secret. <laughs> should be interesting as we move along. You know, I don't even remember. Um, I guess I don't remember those being released before the movies came out. But 
Either way, I mean, if as long as it's an official release and it doesn't come from like a leaked script or something yeah. first. Um, and also, like, if they release an official novelization or comic book or something of the movie before the actual movie comes out, I'm not even going to touch it. Um, you know, not even to see what the opening crawl is because, yeah, I've already had that happen with Revenge of the Sith. So, um, yeah, this movie, I'm I'm not reading anything beforehand. I'm I'm not, you know, buying the book or anything like that. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, as far as the title crawl, I don't know. I guess it sort of depends on what happens in between six and seven and how much of a surprise it's supposed to be. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess that's, you know, just one more interesting thing to ponder. Yeah. But <laughs> amongst everything else, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess it's safe to say you and me really like the title, <laughs> but again, too, um, I'm not too surprised that there are fans who don't like it and thought it could be better because going into it, you knew that was going to be the case. Not everyone is going to like a new title, for a Star Wars movie, you know, dealt with it with the Phantom Menace, especially the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. <laughs> but uh, Revenge of the Sith, I think, was pretty universally liked. I didn't remember seeing too many complaints about that title. But um, The Force Awakens, I think the majority I think could say is positive, but of course, not going to please everyone. So there was some a uh, little bit of backlash for it. So, uh, but we did get some. Uh, we put the word out to ask our listeners and followers on Twitter and Facebook and all of that to see what they thought of it. So we got some good responses that. Uh, we wanted to share. Um, first off, on Facebook, we got a message from Christoph who says that all the Star Wars titles were normal phrases, nouns. This is a verbal phrase. So for the title to be similar to the previous ones, it should be rather the Awakening Force, like The Phantom Menace or A New Hope. This version of the title reminds me of The Dark Knight Rises, which I can kind of see that. Which I wonder if Awakening is going to be like the new Rise or Dawn, <laughs> which are titles that have been used a lot. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, then we got... Um, of course, Michael Cohen from the Rebels podcast. He made a great uh, logo that harkens back to like the original trilogy style logos. Because if there was one complaint a lot of people had, it was the logo they revealed for it, which says Star Wars, and in between it, it says The Force Awakens. That got a lot of uh, backlash, but uh, the one that Mike created was pretty awesome. <laughs> it really harkens back to like The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. It was cool. It got a lot of... Uh, uh, reacted to it on Twitter and Facebook and all that, which was cool. The Star Wars community really took that awesome design. So he said on Facebook that, I think this is all, this says it all for me. And he just shows this great logo. So I think he's happy with it too. Yeah, and, and you know, that was that was a great design by him, but I don't even really have a problem with the one that they revealed, you know, the official Star Wars one with the the Force Awakening title sort of in between the, the big Star Wars words. Um, it just looked too generic to me. Like I, I don't, I don't think that's what we're going to see on the poster. I think the poster will be something different, maybe like more the style that uh, Mike did. But I think they're just using it to get the official announcement out. And- yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, this isn't the same thing that we're going to see on every poster or Blu-ray or action figure package or anything like that. But you know, for for a first reveal of the title, I think it's just fine. And again, like I said, I'm just waiting to see the movie. So how they sort of format the title and, you know, the font they use and what size it is and everything, I could kind of care less. I mean, as long as it looks like classic Star Wars, and it does here, um, you know, it's the same Star Wars logo, obviously. And then The Force Awakens, I don't remember where I've seen this font before. Like, it's not the same font that they use for every Star Wars title, but I know I've seen this font before in other Star Wars material somewhere before. So, you know, it's all familiar. It's not anything, you know, hugely creative or artistic or anything like that, but 
um, I mean, I think it just, it, it works just perfectly fine as, you know, like you said, as an announcement of just putting the title out there. Um, but yeah, then also, I mean, that design that Mike made was really cool too. And it's great that that got so much positive reaction from people. Cause as far as doing sort of like a retro throwback, uh, kind of thing in the style of some of the original trilogy titles, that was pretty spot on. Yeah, definitely. But come on, Kyle, it's the internet. They got to complain about everything. Of course they do. <laughs> Even the little things. <laughs> But uh, also on Facebook, uh, Jason Berg said that it's better than Attack of the Clones. <laughs> and then I think I might be the only one who initially liked Attack of the Clones when that was first <laughs> announced as the title. Are you with me on that, Kyle? Or were you one of the negative reactions to that, too? <laughs> well, I, I don't remember. you know, let me put it this way. I was 11 when that movie came out. And so I don't even remember the first time I heard the title before... Um, you know, before seeing any trailers or anything like that. I don't remember when the the title was just first announced and what my reaction to that was. But, I mean, growing up, the titles kind of just were what they were. Um, You know, so episode one was The Phantom Menace, episode two was Attack of the Clones, episode three was Revenge of the Sith, and I just kind of accepted it. But, um, then you know, I never really tried to analyze too much because, again, I I knew what I liked about the the story and the characters and stuff and what was in the movie and uh, you know then just associated that with whatever the title just so happened to be and it wasn't till probably with sometime in the past couple of years or so maybe even in the past year I don't remember exactly when it was but I was thinking about all the Star Wars movies and I thought about the title Attack of the Clones and when you know that is pretty like on the nose and direct and like it, you know if it weren't a Star Wars movie then just, you know, if some movie by itself were just called Attack of the Clones, it sounds like a cheesy 50s, like, sci-fi horror movie with a bunch (laughs) of people in, you know, corny makeup or something like that. So, I mean, I I probably would say, for me, Attack of the Clones is probably the weakest of the Star Wars titles, but at the same time, I don't hate it. Um, Because, like I said, I, I grew up with it, and I never really stop to analyze the title itself. I just, it, it was what it was and I associated it with what was in the movie. So, um, I guess I'm sort of ambivalent on it if anything else, but I, you know, I guess I still, I, I don't actively dislike it. I'll say that much. Well, that's good. As long as you don't hate it, but yeah. <laughs> cause I loved it then and I still love it now. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I think if anything, like growing up as a kid, I probably, the, the Phantom Menace was probably my least favorite title. Um, just because, I mean, it wasn't maybe until I was a little bit older that I realized that the Phantom Menace was referring to, you know, Palpatine and the Sith returning and all this kind of stuff. Like, I guess as a kid, that title just didn't really mean much to me. I kind of just took it as, that's the, the meat, the title of the movie, but then, you know, Attack of the Clones, obviously the clone army attacks for the first time and Revenge of the Sith, the Sith have their revenge. And then, um, you know, once I sort of, read more into it and realized, you know, Palpatine's whole plan and the Sith being in hiding all this time and yada, yada, yada. I was like, oh, so he's the Phantom Menace and, you know, it's all about the Sith plotting to take over and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, as a kid, that title didn't really do much for me. But now that I've, um, you know, gotten older and learned to appreciate it more, I'm like, okay, that one makes more sense. Yeah, they all do when you look back. Like I said, when, when I named all the movies together, this has a nice ring to it. Like it all, they all fit together once you've seen the movies and watched them all together. Yeah. But then uh, we got one negative response for it from Ulrich, who says, nope, bad in my opinion. So, yeah, not everyone's going to like it. And then from Omar, he says, I'm sure no matter what they named it, someone would have a problem with it, which is true. <laughs> I wasn't sure about it at first, but it's growing on me. Obviously, the title will make more sense when we watch it. 
And then we got one from Martin who says, what I love is that with this title, it doesn't reveal anything to us fans at the 2014, anything about the film itself. And to me, it kind of has the same feel as Return of the Jedi with multiple meetings. Can't wait. Definitely can't wait. Yes. <laughs> and then on Twitter, we got some responses. One from John Beerley, who says, it's part title, part statement of purpose. I still can't believe we're taking our first step into a larger world again. <laughs> that was well put. Yep. And then we got one from Rob, who says, it fits right in with the rest. And then we got one from Michael, who says, I like it. The other two trilogies had parallel titles and looks like this one might too. All three titles for the first movie in each trilogy hint at something, a new beginning. So the majority of the responses are positive. We did get one negative, but I think, like I said, once we see the movie, probably won't even be thinking about the title, but then once we reflect back, we'll say, yeah, it, in the end, it definitely fit. And then we got an email from our faithful listener, Brian, who says that, on, regarding to the title, he says, my initial response to Star Wars The Force Awakens was it didn't sound like a George Lucas title to me. It sounded more like J.J. Abrams' title, but that makes sense. He is directing episode seven. To me, George Lucas titles tend to be more literal descriptions of the events that took place in the movie, such as Attack of the Clones, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, whereas J.J. Abrams has titled movies with a more figurative approach, such as Star Trek Into Darkness. I almost expected the uh, colon to be removed as well. Regardless, I do like the title a lot. Like everything else in Star Wars, the more we know, the more questions we have about the next layer of meaning. What has the Force been doing for the last 30 years? What caused the Force to awaken now? Is there a resurgence of Children of the Force? It raises interesting questions, especially when you consider the sequel trilogy. It's supposed to be about moral ambiguity. Characters from the original trilogy were easily categorized as either good guy or bad guy, Jedi or Sith. What if the sequel trilogy explores the idea that you aren't one or the other, but rather you're both the same at the, at, ah, you're both at the same time? It is simply a matter of which side you choose to follow. Will you be selfless or selfish? The Yoda arc in the Clone Wars Season 6, The Lost Missions, touch on this idea of the living Force planet. Yoda's face was his Sith Herberus on the island. Know your true self. Part of all that lives. Misread the prophecy was indeed because you can't get rid of what you already are. Bringing balance to that Force isn't about destroying the Sith. It's about accepting there is both good and evil in you, but being able to control the dark side of you through patience and training through the Force. I kind of like what he said there, because it goes back to what I was thinking where... The Force Awakens that they're going to refer to one like literal character or specific uh, light side or the dark side. So I think it's going to encompass a bunch of things. And like you said, there has been rumors that certain characters, including Luke, may be more in the gray area, not necessarily good or bad. So all those questions I think are going to be raised in there when we're watching The Force Awakens. So some good points there, Brian. Appreciate the email. He has some more stuff to say, which we'll get into later as we talk about some other stuff regarding Luke Skywalker. So we'll come back to his email. But those are the responses we got for The Force Awakens. Like I said, majority of it positive, a uh, few negative, but in the end, it's just a title for a new Star Wars movie that we got, and it's just making the wait that much more longer. But as I said in the intro, it's another big step to the actual reality of us seeing the movie. So in the end, it did its job in getting me and I'm sure everyone else excited for it, which is all that matters at this point in time anyway. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it certainly has people talking, and I think if nothing else, just has people excited for a new Star Wars movie now that we have the, the title of it. Um, and something else I wanted to ask you, Tim, I know you, you put out this question on Facebook and asked people to rank, um, you know, now that we have the, the title of Episode 7, ask people to rank the yeah. Star Wars movies just in order of their favorites by t- 
title. Um, so we don't necessarily have to rank, you know, six or seven of them. But so what would you say is your favorite Star Wars title? My favorite one's going to be The Empire Strikes Back. It just sounds really cool. And being a big fan of The Empire, <laughs> how could that not be my favorite, really? The Empire Striking Back, the bad guys win, which you don't see a lot in movies, especially back then. And it just sounds really cool. The word strike back and how it would be with the Empire. <laughs> There's something about it that I've always loved. Uh, that one and Return of the Jedi, those, those two are my favorite because when it comes to Star Wars, the stuff I love most are the Jedi and the Force. And having that be in the title is something I think you got to add too. Much how I said before, where the, it's great that we have the Force in the title now. And Return of the Jedi was one that always stuck out to me too. But I was surprised that... When I put the question out there, pretty much almost everyone's number one was Revenge of the Sith, which is a great title, too. But I was kind of expecting everyone else to like The Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi the most. But it looked like Revenge of the Sith was the most popular. Yeah, I think I would have to say, I mean, mine might be a tie between Return of the Jedi and Revenge of the Sith. I mean, I don't know. I, I think those just both have a nice ring to it. And, you know, they, they both make bold statements about, you know, the main heroes and the main villains of the saga. So... Um, yeah, I definitely like both of those. Maybe, I mean, I don't know, maybe Revenge of the Sith a little bit more just because it's sort of, I don't know, it, it's maybe just a little bit more bold in the sense that it's, you know, the revenge of the Sith rather than just the return of the Jedi. Yeah. Um, because rather than just somebody coming back, it's somebody coming back and overthrowing something and, you know, getting their revenge. But, um, I don't know, I, I've always loved both of those titles. So those are, you know, my top two. And last on everyone's list was Attack of the Clones. <laughs> Except yeah. for Martin. He had it number six. He had a New Hope seven. So. <laughs> but almost everyone else, Attack of the Clones on the bottom. And I shed a little tear every time I <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, I think that would be at the bottom of my list too. No. <laughs> but, I mean, they're all good. Like I said, I don't hate exactly. Attack of the they're Clones. They're all good, I, good together. For me, it's all Star Wars. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's all that matters in the end, too. Yeah, I mean, like I've said with even a lot of the, the Episode 7 concept art and, uh, and leaked set images and all that kind of stuff that we've seen so far, you know, at best, it's gotten me really excited and I've thought it was really cool. And at worst, it's made me go, eh, okay, that looks like it fits within the Star Wars universe. So I feel that way about all the Star Wars titles. Some of them sound really cool and some of them at least sound you know, like just another installment in the Star Wars saga, which that in itself is a compliment. So, um, I just have to say too, it was cool seeing everyone's when they're posting their list, seeing seven on there now, instead of just six <laughs> right. things like that, get me excited. <laughs> yeah. Although I'm sure, you know, some people out there, if you ask them would probably put eight cause they would include the clone wars movie, but, um, see that one doesn't have a number in front of it. So it doesn't count in the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Or the Ewok movies. Well, <laughs> yeah. two of those. Uh, you got to see those one day, Kyle. It's, it's a must. Yeah, I still haven't seen those. <laughs> I've seen some of the Droids and Ewoks cartoon series, but no, you I haven't see. seen the Ewoks movies. <laughs> or the holiday special. Well, you got to see the Ewok movies way before you see the holiday special. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen like bits and pieces of the holiday special on YouTube. I've seen the like sort of the 10 minute animated short where they meet Boba Boba Fett for the first yeah, time. Cause everyone said thing. like, that was the only good part of it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then I've seen like brief little snippets of like singing Wookiees with no subtitles. And I was just like, <laughs> I think I'll skip the rest of that. 
Well, you got to see the Ewok movie just so you can hear uh, Wicked speak English, which is something you don't get in Return of the Jedi. Wait, what? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I like him more when he's just like, why? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's still a little bit of that, but now he has English words to go with it. <laughs> it sounds hilarious. Huh. I'm intrigued. <laughs> yes. Well, I think I know what you're watching on YouTube later tonight, then. <laughs> Possibly. We'll see. Um, but anyway, I mean, we've spent a good amount of tom- time talking about the title, but um, along with the reveal of the title, they also posted on StarWars.com that The Force Awakens has now wrapped principal photography um, which we kind of already knew because earlier, you know, from these past couple of weeks, we had some other hints that they were pretty close to wrapping up filming. Um, for one thing, Mark Hamill no longer has his epic contractually obligated Jedi <laughs> beard. Um, and also John Boyega had posted some photos and a video to his Instagram account from uh, what everyone was assuming to be the episode seven rap party. Um, and then, of course, like I said, we got the official confirmation on StarWars.com that they have finished principal photography on the movie, which is just one more exciting step. It's like they're done with the filming, and now we get to just wait for posters and trailers and all that kind of fun yeah. stuff. Um, and uh, also there's this uh, note that J.J. Abrams gave out to the crew, um, and the guys at MakingStarWars.net got a photo of this from you know someone who received one of these notes, obviously. Um, and I'll just read it here. It says, to the extraordinary cast and crew of Episode 7. See, it's still called Episode 7 because they didn't call it <laughs> The Force Awakens in this note. Um, this is, it is a true honor and absolute joy to come to set each, or to come to set every day and work alongside each of you. Your professionalism, passion, and patience is more deeply appreciated than we could ever express. From the deserts of Abu Dhabi to the Forest of Dean to the stages of Pinewood, you have risen to every challenge and have, and been as wonderfully kind as you are brilliantly talented. Our ambition here is large, of course, and it must be. We are here to make a film that entertains millions of people of all ages for generations. To create an experience people will cherish watching as much as we will cherish having made it together. How lovely it would be if you had, in addition to your name on the screen, some actual, real, tangible proof that you were part of it. Here, then, is that proof. Wear it well, wear it healthily, wear it proudly, but mostly thank you with love, and then it's got signatures from J.J. Abrams, Kathleen Kennedy, and Brian Burke at the bottom. And, um, of course, they gave these notes out to people along with um, crew hats for Episode 7. It's just a black baseball cap with the 7 logo on it. So that's pretty cool. Um, and, again, all of these just sort of pointing to the fact that they're done with the, the main production on the movie and, uh, man, that's just, I mean, just even the more I talk about that, it's just exciting to think like they're not even filming a new star Wars movie anymore. They're done filming it. And of course they'll go back and, you know, do some pickup shots and all that kind of stuff and reshoot some things that they need to. But, um, for the most part, it's like they're done filming it. Now it's just all in the hands of the editors and the guys at ILM and Skywalker sound and John Williams and all these people that do, you know, all the, the post-production stuff on it. But, um, man, it's, it's just super exciting. It's like they're done filming and now they're just putting the pieces together to, to create the finished thing that we get to see. Maybe I'm just excited because, you know, I'm a filmmaker and editing is my favorite part of, the filmmaking process and you know hopefully I'm, I'm hoping that i get to go be an editor on these big movies someday um because i mean i like filming and directing and stuff too but for me it's like 
that's just sort of all the, the busy work that you have to do. And then once you've got all that stuff, the, the editing is really where you get to be like, okay, now I've got all my pieces. Now I get to put the puzzle together and, you know, construct this thing the way I want it to, to finally look like. So, um, yeah, that's just super exciting. The, the only downside is that it's still going to take them another 13 months, but, uh, man, it's going to be a long wait. But at the end of those 13 months, it's uh, it's gonna be such a huge payoff. It's all gonna be worth it. <laughs> yeah, uh, but man, the filming just flew by. Like this seems like a, just a few episodes ago, we we're talking about oh, the filming has begun. We've gotten like our first shot from like the set, and they're be filming in Abu Dhabi and all that. And here we are, filming's already done. And apparently, everything went to schedule. And Harrison Ford's injury didn't cause that much of a problem with backing everything up. They had those two weeks of hiatus, but in the end, it looked like everything got done and wrapped up. Yeah, so. thank goodness he heals quickly for an old guy. Yeah. <laughs> Just hopefully for all the next episodes, no injuries. But <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like yeah said, let's not be having anybody else breaking their legs. Yeah, like you said, it's just great to know that filming is done and everything's in post-production now. And just little by little, we'll, we'll be getting looks into, inside the, this movie that we just can't wait to see. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. In fact, you know what? I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here because this is something we we're going to talk about later. But we're just talking about, um, you know, getting to to get a you know, our first looks at the movie and all this stuff now that it's done filming. I mean, I said this before that I wasn't expecting to see the first footage from the movie until uh, Celebration Anaheim next year, but there have been a lot of rumors going around lately that J.J. Abrams may have already cut together a teaser trailer, that he's already sent it to John Williams, and that John Williams might be recording music for it in L.A. this month, um, and that, you know, maybe we could get a first teaser trailer for episode seven sometime before the end of this year um and of course i'm trying not to get my hopes up in case that's not the case but at the same time i'm like oh that would be really exciting and of course people are speculating like oh what movie would they put that in front of um and i think the sort of the big three names that i've heard or at least two that i've heard and then one that i'm throwing my my name in the ring for um you know, people are saying either The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies, or The Hunger Games, what, Mockingjay, or whatever it is that comes out this year. Because um, those are kind of the two biggest movies that are scheduled to come out before the end of this year. But then there's also um, Into the Woods, I believe is a Disney movie, yeah, right? So yeah. I'm like, with the, you know, of the three of those, that's the only one that's a Disney movie. So I think that might be a, a safer bet because, you know, Disney wants to market it along with their own stuff and of course that would be a huge marketing boost for that movie like people would pay to go see that myself included they would pay to go see that movie just to see the star wars trailer in front yeah. of me. so um you know but i i think you know maybe one of those movies and even though the hobbit isn't a star wars or you know isn't a disney movie like if they put the trail the star wars trailer in front of that movie then seeing the final hobbit movie with the first trailer for star wars episode seven in front of it i don't know that that might rank among my best moments of this year if that were to happen but um either way i mean like i said i I know i sound like i'm getting all all super excited about this but um i'm still treating this all like a rumor right now because i wasn't expecting to see anything from episode seven until next year and i'll be pleasantly surprised if we do get to see some of it this year but if that does turn out to be the case um then man we're gonna get a whole lot of stuff to to talk about and dissect and get all excited about sooner than expected now if this does turn out to be true i certainly wouldn't expect this to be a trailer of any really substantial length 
Um, because especially like if JJ Abrams has already edited this together out of stuff that they've shot, I'm assuming that, you know, ILM isn't super far along with the effects work and everything. And so I'm thinking this will probably be, you know, something to establish the story a little bit. We'll get a lot of shots of the different characters, um, obviously of, you know, Han and Luke and Leia along with a lot of the new characters and probably, um, you know, some shots of just some different landscapes and probably the Millennium Falcon and some of the ships and things like that, just to sort of, you know, bring up that feeling of like, oh, this is the Star Wars universe again. Yeah. We'll, we'll get a little bit of the story, but I wouldn't expect a whole lot of like action sequences or, you know, anything like that. Maybe we'll get a shot of somebody igniting a lightsaber for the first time or something like that. But, um, you know, I wouldn't expect like an epic two and a half minute long trailer with glimpses of all the different battles and all that kind of stuff. Because obviously, you know, we've got a whole nother year uh, to be seeing that kind of stuff. But just the idea of seeing any sort of new footage from the movie by the end of this year um, is is hugely exciting. I got to be honest. If you were to ask me about just maybe a month ago or two months ago at the longest, that there's a possibility of seeing an episode seven teaser trailer or anything this year, I'd say no way. There's no way that's going to happen. But I got to give props to our friend Paul Herman about this because I've been talking to him from the beginning for a while. He's been saying, we're getting an episode seven trailer this year. You could count on it. You'll wait and see. I'm like, oh, that'd be great, but I don't know. And then as these rumors started coming, I was like, oh, well, maybe it is a possibility because we got the rumor about John Williams recording new music for it maybe pretty soon. And then other rumors popping up that the trailer's already edited and put together. It's a matter of when. I was like, well, maybe there's something to this. But then when we got the title announcement, okay, I just went, I'm sold. We're getting the trailer this year. Maybe it's going to be November. Maybe it'll be December. But I'm 100% confident now we're going to be getting some type of teaser for this movie because – uh, again, I'm just going back what happened with the prequels. In particular, episode one, we got that title, and then not too long after is when we got the trailer. I really don't think they'd release the title if we weren't getting a trailer this year. They'd probably want to hold it off a little bit because when we see the trailer, we're going to see The Force Awakens and not episode seven, and they probably wanted to get The Force Awakens out there a little bit before the trailer comes out. So, yeah, I think we're definitely going to get something here with the rumors and the title that we got. The title just cemented it for me. I think we're getting it now, and... As to when and where, I'm kind of thinking more it's going to be with Into the Woods just because it is Disney and it's, that movie comes out on Christmas when episode or The Force Awakens is going to come out. So I think they'd probably want to market that too, especially since it's their own movie. And you know it'll probably say in the trailer like next Christmas. Uh, hopefully they'll say the saga continues because that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm kind of with you where it's just going to be like a little teaser thing. I think it's going to be like the breathing trailer, the first one we got for Attack of the Clones where we see like a few shots of scenes. We don't hear any dialogue. We just hear Darth Vader breathing. But maybe in this one, I think we might get like a monologue of Luke Skywalker or one of the familiar characters or something. And then if it ends with somebody igniting a lightsaber, uh, that's going to be a great way to end it. So <laughs> I'm excited for it. Hopefully I won't be let down, but I think we're definitely going to get one this year. It's just, they're just going to do it. I just have that feeling now <laughs> where I wasn't two months ago, but now I'm like pretty confident we're going to be seeing something. Yeah. Now, here's the other thing, though, is, um, you know, if not, not even just like seeing all the, the new footage and stuff, but another aspect of this that we kind of skipped over is if John Williams is recording new music for this show, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I would expect a first teaser to just be maybe like a minute long and, you know, set to like the binary sunset theme or something like that. But if he's recording like new music that's going to be in episode seven and recording a little snippet of it for this trailer, that's just one more thing 
that we'll get to see a, a little glimpse of here that'll be just mind-blowingly exciting. Um, yeah, it could be somewhere like at the beginning we hear the familiar theme and then maybe just at the end we'll just get a little taste of some of the new music that we're going to see in it. <laughs> so much cool stuff potentially could be in this little short trailer probably, but we'll eat it all up, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm like getting chills just thinking yeah. about it. Because even seeing, you know, just the new characters and everything with the the like the binary sunset theme or something like that, mm-hmm. I mean, even that I would like lose my mind. And then, you know, but hearing something new in there too, oh man. Yeah, just it's too funny too because whatever the first shot's going to be, that's oh, it's going to be something that's going to stick out to us as the first image we saw of Episode Seven and of this new trilogy of Star Wars movie or this new era of Star Wars. We'll always remember that because even though it's like the shot you wouldn't necessarily remember when you think of the Phantom Menace, when I think of the Phantom Menace, the first shot that comes to mind a lot of times is that first image from the trailer which is the Gungans marching up with, in the fog and the swamp but preparing to battle. That's the first image we got of the prequel trilogy, and that still sticks with me today. So mm, Yeah, I still remember that too, even being like, I don't know, I was eight when that movie came out, so I was probably seven. I mean, I don't remember much from that trailer, but <laughs> there, there are two things I remember. And, and uh, I mean, I remember my dad like bringing me over to the computer and being like, hey, you want to see the first trailer for, for Star Wars? Um, and I remember that first shot of the Gungans coming out of the fog. And then I remember seeing the little kid and just assuming it was Luke. And I remember my dad backing it up and playing it a second time and like being like, no, 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 pay attention. Like it's Anakin. And I was like, wait, like Darth Vader. So yeah, I mean, those are like my, my only memories of seeing the episode one trailer for the first time. But yeah, I mean, you're right. There, there are going to be things in that first trailer, whether it's the first shot or, you know, whether it's. A, a shot of the Millennium Falcon or something else iconic or something like that. Some some of those things in that trailer are just going to stick with us for years after this. Yep. Oh, man, just talking about it. Like you said, I really hope it does happen now. <laughs> yeah, now I do hope it happens. Yeah. See, you, you've gone and got my hopes up now, Tim. Uh, uh, happy to help. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that also would be like the best Christmas present ever for like all said, of the Star Wars fans. Like you said, too, no matter – what movie is attached to? I have a feeling it's going to be like, uh, before it goes online, it's going to play exclusively with the movie in theaters for a weekend. And then maybe the Monday it'll be online, but no matter where it's playing, you know, you and me, everyone else, we're buying a ticket to see (laughs) whatever movie it's playing with that weekend. Yeah. And you know, even if it does come online earlier, like if, because a lot of movies, you know, the, the trailer will get released on a Tuesday and then it comes out in theaters for the first time that Friday or something like that. I might even be willing to hold off on watching it online just to see it in the theaters for the first time. Wow, I know I couldn't do that. <laughs> I tried to do that with the first trailer for the first Hobbit movie because um, I forget what movie it was. Maybe it was The Adventures of Tintin or something like that that had the first trailer for it. And I know like me and my sister both held off on watching the trailer for, for like the first couple days. And then we were going to go see that movie like at midnight when it came out, just to go see the Hobbit trailer or something like that. And then we ended up not going to see the movie that night. And so I ended up just watching the trailer online because I didn't know when we were going to see the movie. Um, But yeah, I mean, on the one hand, it's like, I want to watch it online the second it comes out. But on the other hand, you know, you got to get the absolute most out of that experience. 
Man, Kyle, if you could do that, I'll tip my hat to you because knowing <laughs> that this is Star Wars trailer just sitting out there online, <laughs> oh, I couldn't resist. Yeah, because I also remember seeing the first trailer for Revenge of the Sith in the theaters. See, I have that memory of seeing the the Phantom Menace trailer for the first time. I don't remember the first time I saw the Episode 2 trailer, but I remember seeing the Episode 3 trailer in theaters for the first time. And I didn't know that the movie we had gone to see, I didn't know that we were going to see uh, the episode three trailer or, you know, I didn't know that it was up yet. Um, and so when it came on and just like those first few notes of the, the Star Wars soundtrack started playing, I like just about lost my mind. Like <laughs> I couldn't even sit still in my seat. And then um, I, I just remember the it was that trailer where, you know, it starts off with that binary sunset theme and starts with uh, with. Obi-Wan explaining to Luke um, trailer you know, before awesome. the dark times, before the Empire. And then you see those first shots of Mustafar, and I was like, oh, man, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> man, I remember that trailer. I had like I just started a new job when that uh, trailer hit. I was like, had to wait for the day to end because I didn't want to like go online and start looking for it <laughs> while I'm <laughs> just starting a new job with everything. But like that day was took forever for that day to work day to end just to get home and watch that trailer and be blown away like I was. And that that just might be my favorite prequel trilogy trailer. When I look back, just for uh, nostalgia reasons, a teaser for the Phantom Menace is for that being the first one for the prequel trilogy and the first images we saw for a new Star Wars movie in so long. That might be up there, but. I think this is something about that Revenge of the Sith one. The images that they chose to use, the scenes, and like you said, the beginning with Obi-Wan uh, telling the familiar dialogue that we've heard so much in A New Hope about Anakin coming to the dark side. It was just put together so well. I love that one. Yeah, <laughs> Hopefully, that, I, I have to be on bar. there. I, I think that's my favorite trailer from the prequels. Mm. Probably for any of the Star Wars movies, because obviously I wasn't around back in the day to see yeah. the <laughs> trailers for the first three. We'll see how long that lasts. Maybe The Force Awakens will be number one. We'll find out. Hopefully oh, I think soon. it will be. Yeah. Just because, well, I don't know. I mean, that, that Revenge of the Sith one was really good. But um, obviously, as excited as I was for Revenge of the Sith, I, I didn't spend two years before that movie came out podcasting about it. So, And it'll be three <laughs> years. You know, we'll, we'll, be, we'll have done this podcast for three years by the time the movie actually comes out next year. So... Um, yeah, I think just all the buildup and the anticipation and everything for it, that's what's gonna, you know, just send this trailer over the top for me. Um, I mean, it could be one shot of like, as long as we get one shot of the Millennium Falcon, one shot of at least one of the original trilogy characters and one shot of at least one of the new characters, I'll be happy. Yeah. I'll still (laughs) want to see more, but I'll be happy that we got to see something. Exactly. I mean, I'll just narrow it down. Even if I see one familiar character and one new character, I'll be satisfied. I want to see a lightsaber ignited. That's what I'm hoping for. And but- yeah, I guess I want to see that too. But but maybe okay, one new character, one old character, and either the Millennium Falcon, an X-wing, or a Tie Fighter. So one familiar ship. Yeah, and maybe one new ship. Okay, maybe my list is getting too big now. It's <laughs> just gonna end up being the Force Awakens logo with some music and the release date and no new footage. <laughs> yeah, see, but if that were the case, then why all these rumors about J.J. Abrams cutting a new trailer and John Williams recording music for yeah. it? But you know what? If it was if it was just the logo with some voiceover by Luke Skywalker and some new John Williams music, I'd even be happy with that. Yeah, I mean anything like knew that we could get we're gonna eat it up like yeah like i would i would 
part of me would be disappointed that we didn't actually see anything new, but at the same time, I would just go crazy with anticipation. Yeah, and we'll speculate what we see, <laughs> even if it was a full two-minute trailer. <laughs> we'll dissect it and speculate like there's no tomorrow, <laughs> no matter yeah. how long it is. Yeah. Well, you know what? Here's this for a segue. Speaking about speculating like there's no tomorrow, <laughs> um, <laughs> let's let's get onto some of these rumors. Um, and stuff that have come out over these past couple weeks. Um, again, a lot of these articles are from the folks over at uh, makingstarwars.net. They seem to have the scoop on everything these days. But um, especially, I mean, this one big rumor that's been out recently um, has to do with Luke Skywalker. And, uh, you know, Tim, I know you and I both really like the idea of this. But basically, you know, we've heard some different rumors about Luke. We've heard that maybe he's been in exile for the past 30 years that maybe he's been a captive um maybe he's been in hiding from some enemy maybe he's a villain even um but this this newest rumor uh seems to um sort of tie a lot of those elements together and maybe bring some more clarity to it um again still nothing confirmed here so you know take this all with your weekly dose of salt um you know as per described by your doctor prescribed by your doctor, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but anyway, so the idea here basically is that in the 30 years since return of the Jedi, Luke has been, you know, studying the force. He's been learning new things about it and he's basically become the most powerful Jedi ever. And that rather than, you know, some lightsaber wielding warrior, he's become more of like a force wizard basically, um, with all these crazy powers and he's done something, huge sometime in the past 30 years he's done some huge miraculously powerful event with the force um you know sort of on a, a force unleashed scale almost and we don't know what that is but basically he sort of becomes afraid of his own power after that and basically goes into exile thinking that you know whatever power he has he's afraid that someone might try to exploit it or he's afraid that he might, you know, turn to the dark side and use this power to, to hurt the people closest to him. So he kind of just goes into self-imposed exile thinking that this this huge power that he's awakened um, is better off, you know, being kept away from the rest of the galaxy. Um, and then when the story starts, you know, whatever this new threat is that emerges, the characters go off in search of Luke. And when they first find him... He's a little bit deranged, you know, because of his his own power and his own exile. He's a little bit of like this crazy old man. Um, and there's this sort of moral ambiguity to him that through most of the movie, you don't know if he's a hero or a villain. Um, you know, is he just a, a hero who's a little bit deranged or is he, you know, planning to, to use his power for evil? Has his power consumed him? Something like that. Um, and then in the final act of the movie, they say, um, you know, it'll become clear where Luke falls on the spectrum of good and evil. So, I mean, I I really like this idea because then, you know, I, I like it more than the idea of Luke just straight up being the villain of the movie. I, I like the idea of him, especially, you know, him being the last of the Jedi and then suddenly, um, you know, studying the Force and becoming really powerful and everything, which totally makes sense since he's the son of Anakin Skywalker, who was like, you know, on course to be the most powerful Jedi ever before he turned to the dark side and wiped them all out. You know, certainly Luke has that heritage there to become, you know, the most powerful Jedi of all time, especially being the last one there is. Um, and then, you know, sort of 
being afraid of that power and then sort of having this questionable nature to it. Like, is he good? Is he bad? What's he going to do with it? Rather than just straight up be like, Oh, he's a villain. And on the flip side, it it is in a way it's more interesting than having him just be sort of the new Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, sort of old guy, Jedi mentor, kindly old man who teaches the young kids, the ways of the force, because it, you know, it certainly introduces a new element to it and uh, would be something surprising. Yeah, I'm pretty much going to echo what you just said all there, Kyle. This, I will say this. When I read this first report, this made my week as far as Episode 7 news stuff goes. But then we got the title, so we got two great things this past week. But this one really made my day because, like you said, we've heard tons of rumors regarding Luke. How is he going to be a villain? Is he going to be uh, captive? Or is he going to hiding? All that stuff. And none of them really sat well with me. But this one, this really sits well with me. This just sounds like a great progression of the character that I was kind of hoping for when Episode Seven got announced. So the fact that he becomes the most powerful Jedi ever, how can that not make any like old school Star Wars fan excited <laughs> and intrigued to see what, how Luke is going to be in this movie? Because like, just for example, uh, my older brother, he loves Star Wars too, but not, I guess, on the nerdy level that you and me do, Kyle. <laughs> but <laughs> he doesn't follow all the news and rumors and stuff. But he saw this one and this got him really excited for it. Where it's like, man, I'm like, I really can't wait for this now. <laughs> like seeing Luke like this is going to be awesome. So, and I agree. I mean, hopefully, out of all the rumors we've heard for Luke, I really hope this is the one that ends up being true. Because, like you said, it kind of goes back, uh, clears some things up of the previous rumors where there's some aspects of them in there. But this one just makes the most sense that he's become so powerful that he goes into self exile. He's not captive or anything like that, but he goes because he wants to kind of either learn how to control this or just make sure he doesn't get used or manipulated in a way that could cause harm to the galaxy. Jeez, my <laughs> my head just went crazy thinking of the possibilities were how he's the most powerful Jedi ever and just the things he can do. I think it uh, mentions in this article for making Star Wars that he like levitates things unconsciously and like he's not always complete control of it. And really, I mean, can't help but think of maybe some aspects of Mortis might play into here because when you think of like powerful force wielders, you think of the father, the son, and the daughter. And they were so powerful that the father had to bring him into exile on Mortis so they wouldn't affect the galaxy in a negative way. And that kind of goes back to what this rumor is saying about Luke. Like, is he going to reach that level of force power where he's changing the environment around him? Like, what if that planet that uh, uh, on the Skelly and Michael shoot that was there? What if that's like a planet that changes scenery and like background and all that stuff. Like Dude, what if that is Mortis with all Dude. the islands and stuff and then they just add in CGI floating islands in the background? Like, you just blew my mind right there. <laughs> Can you imagine that? If they utter the word Mortis on there, and I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna lose it. And another cool thing I thought of too of Luke being so powerful, I mean, how awesome would it be if like this new threat comes and threatens him with a lightsaber and he does what the father does and just pushes the blade back until the saber's hilt using the forest, man. If I see Luke do that, I'm just going to lose it. <laughs> There's so many cool possibilities with this uh, report. So that's why I'm really, really hoping it's true because it just seems like the best progression the character could have had from Return of the Jedi. And just the possibilities, I like how it said too, it's not necessarily just the threat that brings them out of hiding, but also the good, which I'm thinking is going to be Daisy Ridley since the uh, rumors about her and John Boyega trying to find Luke because of this new threat. So, so many cool stuff in here. I really hope it's true because man, <laughs> it just really gets you excited being old school fans. And 
I said growing up, my favorite character has been Luke Skywalker. But during like the time of the special editions and the prequels and especially the Clone Wars, Obi-Wan's kind of moved up to my favorite character. But it's always been those two. And I don't know. I think maybe after I see The Force Awakens, Luke might jump to my top spot as my favorite Star Wars character because all this stuff just sounds so awesome. Oh, yeah. And I mean, for me growing up as a kid as well, Luke was always my favorite character. I always wanted to be Luke. Um, you know, I, I think especially among fans of the original trilogy, there's kind of, you know, especially for guys, like you kind of fall into one of two categories. You either wanted to be Luke growing up or you wanted to be Han. Um, yeah. You know, you wanted to be like the noble hero or you wanted to be kind of the the charming rogue who does his own thing, but, you know, still comes in and saves the day at the end. But yeah, I was definitely a Luke kid. Um, you know, I had, like my first ever lightsaber toy that I got was Luke's green one. Um, and I guess, you know, at this point I wouldn't necessarily say Luke's my favorite character of the, of the entire saga, but, um, I definitely still love Return of the Jedi Luke. Like, you know, in, in that one movie, Luke is my favorite character. And, uh, I guess if you talk about characters just from specific movies and not looking at, uh, you know, the overall arc of the whole saga, then, um, you know, Jedi Luke still might be my favorite, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited to see like where that character has progressed to. Um, and, uh, yeah, just all these ideas about him being the most powerful Jedi ever and then being afraid of his own power, but then sort of rediscovering what it means to be a Jedi and getting to be the hero again, if that is the case, because they don't say in this article, if he turns out to be the good guy or the bad guy. And, you know, that'll, that'll certainly, uh, be exciting to see play out if if there's sort of um, you know some ambiguity there and they leave it as a question that we have to find out by the end of the movie and I don't really have any doubt in my own mind that Luke is going to end up being the hero at the end of the day but um, yeah still certainly will be interesting to see where they go with it but yeah man I mean like you said this is definitely one of those rumors that falls under the category of sounds plausible and definitely hope it's true. Yeah, I mean, you can go back to his look, too, with the beard, how it just kept getting longer and, like, more <laughs> out of control with his beard as the course of filming went on. Oh, yeah, kinda... that definitely does not look like an Obi-Wan Kenobi beard. Yeah, um, like, it's a beard that he couldn't care less about. He just letting it grow. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. It fits the state that he's going to be in. And then, like you said, we could get that image, like, uh, last weekend where filming started wrapping up where he shaved his beard. So maybe at the end it is something where he comes back to the old Luke that we know and love and he goes shaves his beard and he's back to like take care of business now. He's got something big's going to happen by the end, but but he's going to come to his senses or – see, it says, like you mentioned, it doesn't necessarily say if he's going to be on the good or evil side of the spectrum. But whatever it is, I think he's going to come to like a definitive – decision of where his place is going to be in the galaxy what he's going to do from here on out he's going to definitely come out of hiding so but just whether or not the path he's going to choose remains to be the question but boy i just can't wait to see it all play out and the only thing like i mentioned this before too i'm just hoping that he's in a good portion of the movie because it doesn't sound like he's going to be in the beginning if they are looking for him but when he does get brought back into the film I hope he's like in a good uh, substantial amount of the film where it's not just like the last 15 minutes or something. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. I just want to see as much of this version of Luke that's described in this report as possible. Yeah, definitely. And I also can't wait for the day when we get, you know, an animated series or a live action series or a novel or some comic books or whatever that fill in the gaps in between episodes six and seven and we get to see what this huge, powerful event was that yeah. he did that, you know, set him into exile in the first place. 
See, I could um, kind of picture something like we saw in A New Hope where Obi-Wan was telling Luke about Anakin and he's telling the story of what happened and, or, or not necessarily Anakin there, but Darth Vader. <laughs> to yeah. Luke. So we could see Luke telling like Daisy Ridley or John Boyega or something about some terrible event that happened. Maybe not in the flashback, but he'll just tell it. And then who knows, maybe later on it will be revealed that he pulls an Obi-Wan and kind of <laughs> spun the truth a little bit from a certain point of view. So, yeah, all that stuff is just exciting. Yeah, well, I think it would also be exciting if it was, like, before they even meet Luke, if it's, like, Han or maybe Leia who's there describing that to them. And they're being like, what happened to Luke? And he's like, well, let me tell you. You know, he used to be my best friend, and, you know, we fought the Empire and saved the galaxy together. And then he did this huge thing that he thought was terrible, and he hit himself to, to try to make sure he never did that again. But, um, yeah, I mean, some really cool possibilities there. And also, like you said, I mean, maybe at the end of the movie, if he becomes fully good again and sort of gets back in control of himself, maybe he just, you know, goes back to being clean shaven Luke. I mean, when I saw that first picture and people were like, Oh, Luke shaved his, or, you know, Mark Hamill shaved his beard. So that means he's done filming episode seven. I'm like, or he could shave at the end of the movie. Like, we don't know that. Yeah, it's going to be like the Anakin episode one moment where we see him with the Jedi braid and the haircut <laughs> at the very last, like, musical montage. Yeah, like, exactly. Shaving and all that. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, who knows? Maybe back in 98 or whatever, people were like, oh, Jake Lloyd got a haircut. He's done filming episode yeah. one. <laughs> That's actually something, like, a, when I saw that look at Anakin by the end of the movie, I never saw any pictures or anything like that before the movie came out. <laughs> well, that's because that they, they, they digitally replaced him in the end with, uh, you know, yeah. they, they put a CGI haircut on him. <laughs> yeah. If they ever need to do reshoots, I'll hope Mark Hamill can grow that beard again. Or they'll just do a CGI beard. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, I'm sure they've probably got, you know, they, they've got a, a, I don't know, what would you call it, a face wig? <laughs> yeah, for, uh, <laughs> you know if it, just if they needed to do some reshoots or something I'm sure they could put a, a fake beard on him <laughs> but after that effort of growing the beard because Mark Campbell said it wasn't easy growing that beard <laughs> oh I'm <laughs> sure for as big as that thing was yeah <laughs> so yeah I mean maybe he demanded like okay I'll grow it but if my character you know becomes sane again at the end of the movie he's going to shave that thing off because I'm not growing it again for episode 8 yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's part of his contract clause, too. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But, um, yeah, I mean, we've got some other rumors. Another big one from the past couple weeks. This was uh, something that was leaked on uh, StarWarsUnderworld.com, and these guys posted a new piece of concept art of a potential villain for Episode Seven. And, I mean, I've heard a lot of people talking about this. This got a lot of you know people speculating and, and commenting on it and stuff. But... Basically, it's a picture of someone who's obviously a, a villain, maybe a Sith or something like that, um, wearing just you know a, a black outfit uh, with a, a hood up. Um, the sort of the main two things here are the lightsaber and the mask or helmet that they're wearing. And the the helmet I think looks really cool. It kind of looks like Darth Revan's mask from Knights of the Old Republic, um, but the eye holes in the mask definitely look. Um, you know, look more like stormtrooper. Look, looks more like a stormtrooper hel trooper helmet, just in terms of that visor. But it almost looks like, I mean, if you put Darth Revan's mask and a Mandalorian helmet and a stormtrooper helmet in a blender, like this is what would come out. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and that's the part of it that I like and and hope we end up seeing in the movie. Um, and I think even 
you know, maybe uh, if some of these rumors we've heard are true about Adam Driver's character and that he collects ancient Sith artifacts and all this kind of stuff, maybe he's fashioned himself some armor after Darth Revan, and that could be, you know, a, an homage in the movie to, to the Knights of the Old Republic. I know that would make me and a lot of other KOTOR fans happy. But the other part of this image that has me and a lot of other people skeptical is the lightsaber that he's holding. And it looks almost like a medieval broadsword with like the, the really wide, um, what do they call that? Like the pommel or something at the top of the hilt, um, you know, before the, the actual blade starts, but it's got like the, the main lightsaber blade coming out of the top. And then from the, the two sides of like this crossbar above the handle, it's got like two more little, I don't know, laser daggers or something coming out. So it's basically like a, a three bladed lightsaber almost. But, um, you know, if you picture like taping two knives to the side of a sword, that's kind of what this looks like. And I don't know, I think it looks a little ridiculous, but, um, at the same time, the, the mask and the helmet and everything looks really cool. So I'm kind of torn on this, but Tim, what did you think of it? Yeah, the look of it definitely, it looks like a cool character design. But I did, like you said, I thought it looked like Darth Revan 2 when I first saw it. And I thought maybe a little too similar for them to be like using that as like for the villain in this movie. But then again, you made a cool point. Like if Adam Driver collecting those Sith artifacts, how cool would that be if it is like a rendition of Darth Revan telling when they actually mention it? I don't know if that's going to happen. Probably not. But and then again, too, it could just be like a design that's like a placeholder for something where they're still working on the final design, but they needed a character with a hood and a helmet. This is maybe they just thought, no, oh, Revan looks pretty cool. Let's base it off that. So it does look cool. We'll see what the final design ends up looking like in the movie, but I wouldn't complain if it does look like this concept art. Now, what you said about the lightsaber, I agree with you, too, having the two little sabers <laughs> come out on the sides. That might be a little too much and because... When I first saw this image, like, I really don't know if this is, like, true fan or concept art or not. It kind of has a feel that it's fan-made, but some other sources have kind of said, no, this is, like, could be something that's real, like a real piece of concept art that's art there. So this wasn't necessarily, like, debunked right away. It kind of got some traction saying, yeah, this is actually something that was concept art. But I don't think we're going to end up seeing this type of lightsaber in the end of the movie. <laughs> Maybe it'll have some type of new function, but I don't think it's going to be those two blades sticking out. I do like the fact that if the handle is just like an old medieval broadsword, that would look cool. But it doesn't necessarily need to have the two additional lightsaber blades sticking out. If it's just part of the handle, I think that could be something unique and different. So we'll see what it ends up looking like in the final movie. But in the end, it's kind of like a mixed bag for me. Parts of it looks cool, and then the lightsaber is like, eh, I don't know about that. Yeah, and you know, I, I pretty much agree with you there that the helmet and the mask and everything, I would love to see that in the movie, but I hope they change up the lightsaber design. Yes. <laughs> so maybe there's three different ideas going, let's try this with the lightsaber, let's try that, and maybe this was just one of them and it happened to get leaked and they already abandoned it already, it's not even a thought. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they've got you know plenty of other different variations of it in the concept art and stuff like that. But, yeah. uh, I mean, just one more thing that um, you know, can't wait to see how this turns out. I mean, the other thing, maybe this is like the Chrome Stormtrooper Commander that we've that we've seen because the helmet looks kind of similar to that too. Like I said, in a way, it almost looks like a Chrome Stormtrooper helmet, but you know, obviously with with some additional um, markings and designs and stuff to to sort of differentiate it. I mean, it doesn't have it definitely doesn't have like the mouth breather thing at the bottom of the helmet like a Stormtrooper helmet does. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. But uh, if we do get to see that in the final movie, that is definitely a really cool helmet design. 
And maybe we'll see it in the teaser trailer hopefully this year. <laughs> At least one quick shot of the bad guy. Oh, yeah. That's another thing. We got to see the villain. Or, well, I don't know. Maybe we would just, uh, well, you know, we did see Darth Maul in the first trailer. We did get a glimpse of Django Fett in the first episode two trailer. Yeah, but, but I don't think they showed General Grievous no, in that episode three trailer, they did kept they? secret for a, a long time. They didn't even show him barely in the second trailer. They just showed yeah. his back. Yeah, but, I mean, then again, Grievous wasn't the true villain of episode two. Yeah. Palpatine and eventually Anakin were, so. Yeah, but he was the one I couldn't wait to see, <laughs> like, as far as visually just like what does he actually look like all i saw were concept arts and very few images released by lucasville yeah um and now i mean we've got some uh some leaked concept art image here of um well these are actually more kind of just more like sketches i mean it's not like some of the paintings and other concept art we've seen before but um i mean the guys on making star wars.net have come up with with some more stuff and we talked about this i think on our last episode or one of our recent ones about some of the the concept art descriptions that they'd posted for some ship designs. Um, and now they've posted like some actual sketches of these. Um, and I'm glad they posted them because I mean, after reading the descriptions, I was like, Oh, okay. So that's what they were talking about. Um, and so they've got some, they, they've got like five different uh, sketches here for different uh, what they call rebel ship designs. And they've got them labeled as a V wing, a U wing, a J wing, a C wing and an E wing. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, some of these look kind of cool. Some of them look like things that probably were just sketched as ideas and I wouldn't expect to see in the movie because some of them look a little weird. Um, I definitely like this J-Wing, or the, I'm sorry, the V-Wing design. Um, and the E-Wing looks pretty cool, too. Some of the other ones are like, eh, maybe, I don't know. But, uh, I don't know, Tim, did any of these stick out to you as being pretty cool? Yeah, I actually like the C-Wing. I think that looks pretty cool. It reminds me of a B-Wing, but still being different, too. As the J-Wing is the one I thought was a little, uh, maybe too different of a design. It kind of has a B-Wing feel to it, too, but not as cool. So, <laughs> But I could definitely see most of these ships like ending up being cool designs in the movie. But I think if I had to pick a favorite, it might just be the C-Wing. Because I, I do like the B-Wing a lot, and if I see something that's a little similar to that, I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like the B-Wing, too, but the C-Wing, I don't know. This It looks a little too asymmetrical for me. Um because, I mean, for, for those of you who haven't seen this, and we've got links to these articles, of course, as we always do on our Twitter feed. So if you haven't seen them, you can uh, scroll through there and check them out. But, um, I mean, it's basically like a cockpit with one wing that sticks out to the side and one wing that sticks directly down. So it's kind of just like two wings at a 90-degree angle. Um, and I don't know. It looks a little weird. But at the same time, if this were to be, you know, if we did see it on screen, it could turn out. Um, I mean, it, 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 it will, I will say this, it's not as weird as that, um, what do they call it? Like the Nebulon B frigate or something. The, that one rebel frigate that's basically like, you know, two big pods with like a little skinny strip in the middle and oh, then like yeah, two yeah. fins <laughs> hanging down off the bottom. But it, I think it's the one that Luke gets his hand fixed on at yeah. the end of Empire Strikes Back. I mean, the rebels have some weird ship designs, so I don't know. We could end up seeing all of these. Um, and then there's the J-Wing, which just kind of looks like a B-Wing with its tail bent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it looks like, like a broken toy or a model or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but then, uh, I mean, the V-Wing looks pretty cool. This looks – it almost looks like the cockpit of a Y-Wing, mm. but with you know nothing past the back of the cockpit and then just two wings on the side um, with engines on these you know kind of short little wings and then these flaps that fold up. Um, and then the E-Wing, 
you know, at least from the side, I mean, they've got a side view and a front view. And, um, I mean, they almost look like two different ships because from the side view, it reminds me of the Viper uh, Starfighters from Battlestar Galactica. Um, but then from the front, it also looks very similar to a B-Wing. Um, so that kind of seems to be a recurring theme here. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think those two legs that are probably my favorite. And then there's this U-Wing that, um, I don't know. Th- in fact, this one almost looks like a Republic gunship. Um, from the Clone Wars, but a very then, like, thin one, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a thinner version of that, at least in the front, and then in the back, it's got sort of like a, a semicircular wing that goes around the top of it, and then two more additional wings that fold up on the end of that with some laser cannons on it. So I don't know, some some definitely uh, diverse and uh, varied and unique designs here. So I mean, obviously. Like we've said, one of the most exciting things to see in a new Star Wars movie is what all the new different ship designs are going to be. So, um, yeah, if any of these make it to the screen, I'll, I'll be excited to see sort of how it plays out and how these uh, look in action in some dogfights against TIE fighters and things like that. Yeah, and then we can always go back to see how close or which ones that ended up being the <laughs> ships that made it into the actual movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it'll be fun to compare all this stuff once the movie actually comes out. Look back at all the rumors and the concept art and see, you know, how close things were. Yeah, like I said before, too, that making of Episode 7 book is going to be great to go flip through. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then they've also got um, a description of some concept art for another costume for Daisy Bigley's character, who it seems more and more like people are just assuming is going to be named Kira. Um, and we've been hearing that for a while, but in a lot of these rumors, they, they've started just calling her Kira in some of these. Um, but basically, they have a, a description for um, something that kind of sounds like... Um, in this article, they describe it as being similar to Padme's outfit in Attack of the Clones, um, like the sort of the white um, outfit that she wears when they go to Geonosis. But they're saying that this has um, like a hood and a sort of a mask that goes over the face and they're saying it kind of looks like uh you know something you'd wear in the snow and so i mean the first image that popped into my mind was not padme's outfit from attack of the clones but the sort of the similar outfit that the, she wears on ilum in the clone wars micro series mm-hmm. um, where she's yeah. got like the the snow hood and everything um and it's definitely you know it's sort of a variation of the the costume from attack of the clones but it's um definitely you know a cold weather uh variant of that um, but then they also said that the pants are, you know, they're, they're not full length. They're like capri pants that, you know, cut off just below the knees and stuff like that. So it might not be, um, you know, cold weather year. It could be, they, they describe it as almost looking sort of ninja like, um, but I don't know. It, it should be interesting to see, you know, how that plays out or if it even shows up in the film, because obviously they're going to do a lot of different designs for, um, you know, concept art of character, uh, outfits and things like that that we might not always get to see in the movie. So, I mean, it could show up in this movie. It could be in episode eight or nine or in a comic book or whatever. But, um, you know, just more interesting stuff to think about and speculate about. Yeah, it does sound cool. But even in the article for Making Star Wars, it says that they believe this costume isn't in the, the final version of the film. So you might see it show up later. But what's interesting about this is I've heard other reports about this too where the desert planet that – we expect uh, Daisy Ridley's characters to be in where uh, John Boyega crashes and they meet each other. We're expecting to be a desert planet. We're expecting to be Tatooine, but 
they've heard reports that originally it might have been actually a snow planet and maybe it got changed later on in the script process where maybe they decide let's make it Tatooine, have it fit in with the other movies or something. But because maybe this is where the snow outfit, this design was pretty early on where the, her home planet was going to be on a snow and that's where they were going to meet. So I, we'll have to, I guess, wait and see again, that making of book, whenever it comes out, <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, originally they were planning uh, this main planet to be the snow one and not the desert that we're going to see, but we have seen in some of the concept art and, uh, Abu Dhabi set images from a few months ago. So I found that interesting if it was a really originally supposed to be a snow planet. So we'll have to wait and see if that was the case. But as for this costume, like I said, if it's being described as like a ninja mask and all that, uh, sign me up for that because ninjas <laughs> always look cool. So hopefully they'll get used again somewhere down the line. Yeah, ninja with a lightsaber. That would be cool to see. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> um, but man, I mean, if that if that story is true that they were originally planning to make it a snow planet instead of a desert planet... It's like, well, then, uh, you know, we know where they got the idea for of her living inside a derelict AT-AT walker. Yeah. Because, um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if there would be any way you could tell if it was the exact same one. But, like, what if she's living inside the, the same walker that Luke, you know, cut the hole in the bottom of and tossed oh, his detonator <laughs> into in the in the Battle of Hoth? Wow. Talk about things fitting together and, like, the Force working in a mysterious way. <laughs> right? Like, how cool would that have been? Yeah. <laughs> But again, we'll have to wait and find out if that was <laughs> the case. Yeah. But regardless, seeing that down ATAD in the desert, snow, wherever, uh, it's going to be so cool to see it actually on screen. <laughs> I still look at that concept art maybe a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> I should, because it's just so awesome. Yeah. I mean, I have to admit, I haven't even looked at that concept art in probably a couple of weeks or so. I got to change that. So it'd be a daily routine. <laughs> <laughs> But see, I still want it to be fresh and new when I see it in the movie. So I could see that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not going to get a whole lot just from staring at grainy screenshots of concept art all day. <laughs> but it it fills the gap when there's a slow news day or something like that. Yeah, gotta, that's true. Got to get your daily dose of Star Wars somehow. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then I mean, we've got more concept art for the uh, a new droid sidekick that we're going to see in Episode Seven. Um, that one's I think the thing that stood out to me about that one is how it might be having some battles with the stormtrooper <laughs> they're trying to capture it but then it has these uh, defense mechanisms where this like takes I don't want to say take out the stormtroopers I hope it doesn't but it stops them from uh, kidnapping him or whatever but the story sounds interesting because they describe it as being like really small and I think it's a little bit we saw in one of those concept arts where one of the characters was igniting the blue lightsaber so definitely to see how this droid is going to shape out. If it's going to be the main new droid sidekick or if it's going to be for like a little bit and R2 will come back and be the main droid uh, character that we'll see for the rest of the movie. But if it's fighting stormtroopers, it should be pretty interesting to see because we, see we saw R2 fight some battle droids. So we'll see if this one can take <laughs> out some stormtroopers. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I was going to say too, like they can have a new droid sidekick, but we know R2 and 3PO are still going to be in this movie too. So um, they certainly don't need a new astromech droid, so it, it is interesting that they're sort of going with a, a different design here and a smaller droid. But yeah, I know you you probably hate the idea of uh, stormtroopers, especially new stormtroopers with new armor and everything, getting taken out by a, a little droid that they describe as being a little bit bigger than a basketball. But yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, just if they stop some from kidnapping, that's fine. But I don't want to see it like knock out a stormtrooper. Then we see a, a stormtrooper unconscious on the floor by this little droid. <laughs> 
But it's so small, the stormtroopers wouldn't even see it coming. Uh, someone's going to throw it at a stormtrooper's head, like you said, the basketball. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to roll around and trip all of them. Yeah, <laughs> that's another thing I'm hoping for with the Force Awakens. Let's get the stormtroopers uh, back to respectability now, because with what we saw in the original trilogy, what we're seeing in Rebels, <laughs> let's bring them back as a, a respectable threat, like the clones were. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, from some of these other concept art descriptions that we're hearing, it sounds like they probably will be. I mean, from the the new armor and stuff that we've seen to some of these descriptions of storyboards and things like that, where they're um, you know, torching villages and we've got these, uh, you know, these pyro troopers or something. Um, you know, it definitely seems like they, I, I don't think we'll be seeing the 501st Legion getting wiped out by Ewoks again. At least, <laughs> let's put it that way. Uh, I'm really hoping for that. Yes. <laughs> it's about time stormtroopers got their due. Yeah. But I mean, we, we've got some descriptions of that, of, you know, scenes with, stormtroopers torching a village on this desert planet we've got some photos that somebody snapped uh i think just you know some guys were hiking in uh in this forest in england or wherever where they were filming episode seven um and just happened to be like whoa they're filming star wars nearby and they like climbed a tree and snapped some pictures with their cell phone and um again making starwars.net has got these images up and uh I mean, you can't really see much except for, you know, trees and in the background of a couple of images, you can see like the back of a stormtrooper. So again, nothing big to go off of here. But I mean, honestly, the the coolest thing about this for me was just thinking like, man, what if I was just out hiking with some friends one day and suddenly we hear like J.J. Abrams saying action and we see stormtroopers running around. And I mean, the other thing they said is that they could clearly hear Harrison Ford saying, run, Chewie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I'm like, man, I wish that were me. I know. That was how cool would that be to hear Harrison Ford's voice just saying, run, Chewie. <laughs> man. And, but looks, I know the, the stormtrooper image, you can barely make it out, but you could definitely tell that's like the stormtrooper armor, just his back and mainly his legs. But again, like they got the same reaction like you did, just the fact that where if you're hearing the words, run, Chewie, from Han Solo, and you're just there to hear it in person, that's got to be a really cool feeling, regardless if you're able to get a good picture or not. <laughs> you could just say you've definitely heard that. Would have been yeah, cool if they got a recording sure. of that, though. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that would have been better than the picture. Yeah, I don't know, but either way, I mean, yeah, those are some lucky guys right there. Yeah, it kind of goes into was I think the other description of some uh, concept art from making Star Wars posted where there's going to be an action scene with Han and Chewie having uh, a shootout with uh, more than likely probably stormtroopers, but it kind of describes them. They're like emerging from a hole in the ground, and then that image of what we saw with the stormtroopers it was kind of blurry but you saw like a lot of like rubble and destruction destructive environments around there so i wonder if they're at some like old base that's been destroyed and they're searching for something there but then they get discovered by the stormtroopers and they have to make their way out and they're entering a shootout there so and another i think in this report too it kind of said that it's possible that han solo was in a stormtrooper outfit but they weren't sure and we've heard that rumor before too so who knows, but I think it's pretty safe to say Han and Chewie are going to be seeing some action in this movie, which is yeah. going to be awesome. Which, yeah, it will obviously be awesome to see. And it's cool that uh, you know Harrison Ford and Peter Mayhew, both recently recovering from you know a broken leg and knee surgery, um, are, are both doing well enough to be running around and getting up to old adventures again with Han and Chewie. So. 
Yeah. We'll see if they still have their aim in their older age now. <laughs> I sure years. hope so. Because otherwise this is just going to be a whole movie of people shooting at each other. It's going to be like those old like 70s, 80s cartoons like G.I. Joe and stuff. Everyone will be blasting lasers at each other, but no one hits anybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we know why the Stormtroopers suck so much now. Because in the most – well, in one of the most recent episodes of, of Star Wars Rebels in Breaking Ranks where Ezra goes to – infiltrate an imperial academy they've got these teenage cadets and they're like all right we're gonna put you through these drills and these trials and stuff and in a few weeks time you'll be stormtroopers and i'm like <laughs> really the clone troopers were bred for battle like from the time they were infants and you know then by the time they're you know i don't know 18 or 20 or whatever um and obviously they weren't that old because they grow in twice the time but um you know still it's like they're bred for battle these their whole lives, and for stormtroopers, they just take these recruits who are you know teenagers or whatever, and put them through a you know how to be a stormtrooper in eight weeks. Here's your training guide, and by the end of it, it's like okay, now go fight for the empire. <laughs> no wonder these guys got killed by Ewoks. In the words of Yoda, in regards to the empire, that is why you failed. <laughs> <laughs> Could have said it better myself. Room, make quick soldiers when they're not clones and bred for it. That's what you get. Yep. And I mean, obviously, I wouldn't expect them to, uh, you know, train as much as the clone troopers did, because, again, they're not breeding new human beings specifically for the purpose of fighting in an army when they're old enough. But yeah. you'd expect them to at least go through like a couple months or maybe a couple of years of training. I don't know. But yeah, it could be maybe something where uh, this is like maybe something new they're just starting where it's like. Before, maybe when the clones were being phased out, they would get adults and all that. Maybe this is the first time they're starting with kids and they're trying to get them out early. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm sure it's not just teenagers all over the galaxy. I'm sure yeah. they're recruiting some, um, you know, some adults. And I'm sure there are other academies for, you know, the more elite stormtroopers and the royal guards and everything where they go through more intense training. But, um, you know, even for the low-level grunts, I'm, I'm like, really? They just recruit kids and put them through training for a few weeks? Well... Now we know why they can't aim. <laughs> In the end, whatever they did, didn't work. <laughs> yeah. That's why Star Troopers will never top clone troopers there. <laughs> oh, no. Well, you never know because, like I said, the, the ones that we're going to see in uh, Episode 7, um, I don't know. I have high hopes for them just because the armor looks so cool. Yeah, well, especially the chrome trooper <laughs> or yeah. chrome troopers, though. But they got a lot to prove for they could overtake clone troopers for me. So <laughs> that should be another interesting thing to see play out in the movie amongst many other exciting stuff. Yeah. Now, um, I mean, I guess this is sort of our last episode seven rumor to talk about for the week. And this is um, kind of a whole big mixed bag of stuff from Star Wars 7 newscom um, And they, they're throwing out a whole bunch of stuff here. Um, so I'll just kind of go through it rapid fire. But they say um, – that Warwick Davis is playing a cantina musician. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch shot a cameo scene a week ago. Um, the guy who gets his arm ripped off in the cantina scene described in a previous report as an alien played by Simon Pegg. Um, they also say that there are going to be some Easter eggs and surprises in the movie, including Slave One being in there at some point. Um, and then they also say there's um, yeah a scene in a cantina. And basically the gist of it is... Um, I mean, Daisy Ridley and John Boyega are talking about some stuff. At some point, 
um, Simon Pegg's alien character comes up and, uh, you know, points a blaster at somebody and Chewie comes over and he says, well, what use is a, or what good is a one-armed Wookiee? I'm still hoping this isn't true because I don't want to see a one-armed Chewbacca in this movie. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's starting to be a case of like, everybody's going to have a mechanical appendage of some sort. Um, and then Chewie rips the, this character's arms off. Um, so I don't know. I mean, this could be interesting to see. Like I said, it's kind of a mixed bag of stuff and I don't know how much stock we can put in, uh, you know, some of this or all of it. But, um, I mean, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Simon Pegg and Benedict Cumberbatch have cameos in here. Cause we know both of those guys have worked closely with JJ Abrams before. And we know, uh, at least Simon Pegg for sure is definitely a huge star Wars fan. Yeah. But this stuff, when I was reading it, I was like, well, this is like some of the reports we were hearing, like, early on like in during the casting process of episode seven so it just reminded me of that it kind of made me think i thought we kind of moved past about this like cameo and like famous actor appearances here like maybe they are but right now i'm not really buying too much of like benedict cumberbatch filming a small cameo and this whole thing with simon Pegg. maybe he is an alien somewhere but i don't think we're gonna see chewy rip off like someone's arm in this movie <laughs> unless they're gonna go for a strong pd13 rating or something i don't think we're gonna see should we physically do that so and then it also mentioned too how lupita nyong'o is playing the owner of the cantina in this sequence and they're supposed to be like doing mo- motion capture for this alien creature and um i didn't buy that either because i don't think to cast like someone like lupita nyong'o, lupita nyong'o who just won an oscar is like a big up-and-coming actress i don't think they'd kind of would want to just use her for someone who's a cantina owner and just to do motion caps. I, I think she's going to have a little more to do than that. And so there's a few certain things in this report that I didn't really buy as I was reading it. And who knows? This is like one of those things where I take a lot of grain of salt with this one. Because even, I think they mentioned here that there's some conflicting reports where this isn't really a cantina, but more like a, I think kind of like a bidding area where like people bring like salvage parts and stuff to sell off and things like that. So we'll see what it ends up being in the final product. But there is a lot of things in here just felt, felt more like just like fan speculation and just fan rumor stuff that we got way early on in episode seven's production. So this one I'm not too sure about. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, with that Lupita Nyong'o part especially, I was like, I don't know if I'd buy that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like a waste of her talents, really, if they were just using her for a small part for a cantina owner and for motion capture, too. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a reason we saved that one for last, because that one's kind of a a mixed bag of stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, And, I mean, there's some more to it, too, that we didn't even mention. But, um, again, we've got the links to all this stuff on our our Twitter feed and, I mean, some of it on Facebook as well, but especially most of the, the rumors and stuff that we post, most of that's on our Twitter page. So you guys can go check that out too if you want. Um, now, I think that's pretty much all the Episode 7 stuff that we're going to cover for this week. Um, but one other small tidbit about uh, the Star Wars uh, standalone spinoff films um, is that uh, the cinematographer named Greg Fraser has confirmed um, in an interview with Collider.com that he's going to be uh, the first, or he, he's going to be uh, the cinematographer on the first uh, standalone Star Wars film with, that Gareth Edwards is directing. So, um, again, nothing huge there. Now we know who the director and the cinematographer are. And I think we know who the writer is, too, as well. I can't remember who it is at the moment. Yeah, Gary Witta. Yeah, yeah. So we know who's writing, who's directing, and now who's shooting it. 
Um, still know nothing about it, but, um, you know, yeah, well, yeah, hopefully soon in the next, uh, I mean, obviously in the next year or so, I'm sure we'll be getting announcements of what that movie is going to be about. And, uh, you know, I don't know if we'll, or I don't know how soon we'll start getting casting announcements and all that kind of stuff, but, um, man, it's just exciting to have all these Star Wars movies coming up one after another for these next few years. I know the spinoff movies kind of get lost with all the excitement we're having for episode seven, the force awakens and just the main trilogy of new movies. So just the fact too, that no, that's not it. We got the spinoffs coming too. It's going to be so much good star Wars stuff going. Uh, can't wait. I mean, 2015 is going to be so awesome. <laughs> we only got a month and a half to go till we're in that year. So we're almost there to the, like almost there to the promised land almost <laughs> the promised yeah. land of star Wars. I mean, especially because, you know, I, I mean, I wouldn't say the spinoff movies in general have gotten lost in the shuffle because there's been so much talk and speculation lately about these Obi-Wan movies, but we know like, or at least I, I think we can probably say it's safe to assume that there's, you know, there hasn't been anything officially confirmed yet about those Obi-Wan movies, but whatever they're doing with these spinoff movies, like they already have a plan in place. And even though we don't know anything about it, like the, the ones that Gareth Edwards and and Josh Trank and all these guys are directing that are going to be out in the next couple of years, like those probably are not going to be the episode or going to be the, the Obi-Wan movies. Um, and so, yeah, it's like even, you know, people get all caught up talking about these Obi-Wan spinoff movies. It's like, yeah, but they're going to be even more spinoff movies before then. And we don't even know what they're going to be about. I know. Although I know the the prevailing theories are probably still that it's going to be you know a Han Solo and a Boba Fett movie, but whatever those are going to be, I'm super excited for those as well. And I'll continue to bang the Yoda drum. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be my wishful thing until I actually until I actually get it. I'll be beating that drum. I want origin. I want species. I want home planet. All that stuff for you. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that would spoil the mystery of it. Uh, we could have that debate for <laughs> that'd be a fun debate to have. I don't want to know the name of Yoda's species. Uh, give all that stuff to me. I'll eat it all up. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then we've got um, some rumors about some possible uh, Clone Wars veteran uh, voice actors playing parts in Star Wars Rebels, um, in particular Sam Witwer and Andrew Kashino. And Andrew Cashino played, um, who is it, Saw Gerrera in uh, the Onderon story arc in uh, The Clone Wars. And, of course, Sam Witwer was Darth Maul and the son on Mortis. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it would be great to have those guys back, especially Sam Witwer. I would be super excited to see in any yeah. capacity in Rebels, especially if they somehow brought Darth Maul back in any way. But, uh, I mean, I'm a big fan of his work. So, you know, hearing him play, uh, voice some other Star Wars character as well would be pretty cool. And I know a lot of people are probably going to go, Oh, I hope it's Starkiller. And I don't know. I doubt that's going to happen, but if that were to happen, that would be pretty cool as well. But, uh, I don't know. That should be pretty interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. I mean, it's, you can't help but think that we hear familiar voice actors. You think they're going to play the original roles again? I mean, how cool would it be to have Darth Maul or a different version of Starkiller show up in the series? But probably what's going to happen, he's going to play a brand new character because Dave Filoni knows Sam Whitworth is such a great actor and he could probably go into any role no problem. So we probably created some new character and then Sam Whitworth will be playing that. But there are also two in this report about. Uh, the voice actors there's like some rumors about some possible plot details for the upcoming season of rebels and if you've seen the breaking ranks episode you know that it had to deal with the kyber crystal 
And if you've seen the Clone Wars story reels uh, episodes on StarWars.com, that dealt a lot with the Kyber Crystal. And it just thinks that everything's, at least from what I'm thinking, it's pretty obvious, too, that there's, there's rumor report is that they, they discover a plan, a five-year plan that the Empire has. And we know that Rebels takes place five years before New Hope. And, of course, we think that plan is going to be the Death Star. So I think it's cool that we may be seeing little teases and hints for what the process of what the Empire is going through to build the Death Star. So it should, if that's what the main plot thread for this first season is going to be, I mean, it should be pretty cool to see it play out. Because we already saw a little bit, I think, in Breaking Ranks with the Kyra Crystal. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that was just cool to see that episode sort of tie back to that, um, you know, those Clone Wars animatics where they're, um, going after that kyber crystal and i mean you know even in that clone wars story arc it's like man the death star is still 20 years off but you know exactly what they're planning with that crystal um and then in the episode breaking breaking ranks i mean they they destroy this shipment of a kyber crystal and i don't know if it was the same one that we saw in uh in that clone wars story arc i mean on the one hand i'm sort of inclined to assume well yeah we saw it in the clone wars and then we see them destroy it in rebels but on the on the other hand, it's like, well, if that's what they need to power the Death Star, we know they get their hands on at least one, or actually at least yeah. two at some point anyways, because, <laughs> you know, they build the second Death Star. So, I mean, maybe they've already got one, but maybe, you know, Palpatine is testing out different prototype weapons or something like that. I mean, even in the EU, there are um, stories about, you know, this maw installation this uh secret research facility where they built the death star and they have like a prototype one still there after uh you know after return of the jedi and so you know maybe he's testing out different versions of the death star maybe he's just testing out different versions of the super laser and he needs multiples of these kyber crystals so um yeah i don't know but either way i mean certainly a whole season-long arc where they end up you know going after uh <laughs> trying to stop the construction of the death star um yeah, certainly, like you said, makes a lot of sense. And I mean, even what I was envisioning for the the end of this series anyway would be that it would end with, uh, you know, the the ghost crew being part of whatever operation the the rebels put on to steal the Death Star plans that leads into the beginning of a new hope. So yeah. the fact that the you know they're already sort of bringing shades of that storyline into it, and that we might see, um, you know, just sort of the the Death Star planning come into play sooner than later is you know pretty cool and should be interesting to see yeah i echo everything you said right there <laughs> this would make the perfect way for the season if not the series to play out just to have them be involved with the death star or the plan so it should definitely be cool and hope, hopefully that's where it goes because it definitely sounds like that when you mentioned the five-year plan and it's five years before new hope it just seems too uh much where they, they cannot do it really <laughs> like you're just expecting it at this point so should be fun to see it all play out yeah and should be fun to see them eventually cross paths with you know vader and tarkin and palpatine and all these people who are involved in the construction of the death star oh yeah <laughs> that should make for some great episodes actually <laughs> yeah definitely um especially given the you know, just how awesome it was to see darth vader in that little 30 second scene that they packed on the beginning of spark of rebellion Sam, that was awesome. <laughs> Hearing James Old Jones back and just the dialogue that he was talking about, the children of the force and all so great. I mean, this makes oh, as cool as what's seen in the hologram. Imagine how awesome it's gonna be seen in like a physical form <laughs> if they ever does show up on Rebels. So it's gonna be amazing. Yeah, for sure. Um and then you know, we can wrap up here with uh we've got two sort of release date uh related uh pieces of news. Um the first relates to 
probably my second most anticipated Star Wars item after The Force Awakens, which is the new Battlefront game. And we don't have a specific release date or really any more information about it, but we know that they're planning to uh, release it around holiday of 2015. Um, in the holiday season, uh, EA sort of talked about that on a recent um, yeah, investor uh, conference call. Um, and yeah, they said that Battlefront will launch in the holiday season of 2015 and that it will be a first person shooter. So, um, you know, th those are two new tidbits of information on that game. Now, you know, with them calling it a first person shooter, um, you know, a lot of people who've played the, the original Battlefront games, you know, that was sort of more of a third person shooter. And I don't know if they're saying it's definitely going to be more first person than third person, or if they're just sort of classifying it as a shooter game in that sense. Um, but either way, I mean, I kind of would like it if it was still a, a third person shooter, like the originals were, but even if it's a first person shooter, like, you know, still just, it's, it's a star Wars shooting action game. And, you know, as long as it's still got some of those elements of the, the original battlefront games in there with, you know, the different unit types and the different planets and vehicles and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's just a, a fun and awesome star Wars action game. I'll be happy. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, even if it is just a first person shooter, I mean, I love, uh, Star Wars Republic Commando, and we haven't had one since then, I I believe. So if we get another one as good as that, but probably better <laughs> on this uh, next generation console cycle. So yeah, if it's just a first person shooter, I'll be happy no matter what, because <laughs> I love first person shooter games. And having one set in the Star Wars universe is going to be amazing. <laughs> so yeah, but no surprise three really that it's going to be 2015 holiday. I mean, we were expecting that for a while now to coincide with the release of the force awakens so no surprise there but probably if anything the big thing to take away from it is that he said it's going to be a first person shooter which again it hasn't been announced by the developers dice or anything maybe it's going to be both where you can switch to third person and first person like the other battlefronts and he was just saying that maybe not knowing that the game is doing that yet so we'll see but again if it is just a first person shooter it's i'm still going to be heavily excited for it because <laughs> it's going to be awesome yeah definitely um, and then the other thing, this is something that has been uh, long awaited by Clone Wars fans. Um, we're finally getting uh, a an official release of a soundtrack for Star Wars The Clone Wars Seasons 1 through 6. Um, this is available for pre-order right now on Amazon and on iTunes. And actually, um, you know, Tim, I know you and I were talking about this before we started recording, and I told you that I pre-ordered it on Amazon. Um, and actually, on Amazon, it comes out a day before it comes out on iTunes. On iTunes, it comes out this Tuesday, uh, November 11th, and it's scheduled to be released on Amazon on Monday the 10th, which is tomorrow as of us recording this right now. But uh, just a little bit earlier when we were recording this episode, I got an email from Amazon saying that it's available to download. Oh, and nice. sure <laughs> enough, I just refreshed the web page here and you can go buy the album on Amazon right now for $9.49. Um, and it's got 28 tracks of you know different soundtracks from different Clone Wars episodes in seasons one through six. Um, and what's really nice is that this has, uh, it's a different selection of music from the tracks that Kevin kind of released early. I think it was earlier this year that he released a bunch of tracks from the Clone Wars on his website. Um, and some of these are the same, but some of them are different. Um, it's got, um, you know, quite a few different tracks that I'm really happy are on here. Um, particularly, I mean, two standout ones for me that I was hoping we'd get to hear, 
um, that weren't in the the first stuff that he released. There's the the clones theme, and then uh, the Death Watch theme, um, or two that I was hoping for. And then it's also got the music from the Maul and Savage and Palpatine duel. Um, it's got the scene, the, the music from the scene where uh, Darth Maul kills Satine in front of Obi Wan. It's got the music from. Um, it, it's got this one track called Ventress the Night Sister, where it's the music from uh, where Ventress gets uh, sort of healed by Mother Talzin and it reveals like her whole flashback story. Um, so, yeah, it looks like a lot of cool stuff on here. And it, I mean, obviously, I haven't like listened to the whole soundtrack yet, but some of those tracks I had just previewed on iTunes and heard, uh, you know, little 30 second snippets of, and I kind of knew, like, oh, okay, that's from that part. Um, but yeah, definitely, I mean, if you're a fan of the Clone Wars and you like the music, uh, go ahead and check this out. It's nine forty nine on Amazon and nine ninety nine on iTunes. So, um, and you know, available for digital download from both places. I don't think there's a physical release yet, and we had heard some rumors about um, possibly even like a vinyl record release of it. But as far as I know, they haven't released any information about a physical release yet, even on like CD or anything like that. Um, yeah, same here, which is disappointing. <laughs> Still, like yeah. a physical copy, but. Maybe like a, a, a sleeve with a, or some artwork and information about the tracks is always cool when you buy a CD. If they go that route, sometimes the CD booklet is just like two pages and nothing there. So. Right, yeah. Sometimes it's, I mean, you know, sometimes it's a whole book of like lyrics and artwork and everything. And sometimes it's like a sheet of paper. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this week's going to be great for Clone Wars. You got the soundtrack and the Lost Missions is hitting Blu ray this week. Oh, I can't wait to see those on Blu ray. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll but probably yeah, pick that up sometime uh, as well. The other cool thing was the, the Blu-ray, I can't wait to see. I'm hearing great things about that documentary that's on there. That's kind of like a retrospective on the Clone Wars series. I think it's only like about 20 minutes or so. And I keep hearing from people who have seen it saying, oh, we just wish it was longer because it's really cool. So that should be cool. Hopefully be like a nice documentary that encaps everything that made the Clone Wars so great with the cast and crew and all that. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that. Might be my go-to thing when I pop in the Gloss Missions Blu-ray first just to see that. Then dive into the episodes all over again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love the, uh, just seeing all the behind the scenes stuff on the Clone Wars series box set that I've got. So, um, yeah. And of course, you know, we've seen all the episodes already for season six. So if I get the, the season six Blu-ray, I'm sure that, you know, the, the behind the scenes documentary is going to be one of the first things I check out on there. Um, and I mean, just for the record, I just looked up, you know, I, I did another search for Star Wars Clone Wars soundtrack on Amazon and, um, they've only got the digital release, and then it does have um, – well, it's got a listing for Star Wars The Clone Wars Season 1 um, as a vinyl release, and it's got a release date of December 9th, 2014. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't have any more information about that. So I don't know if we'll maybe be getting physical releases of soundtracks from each specific season um, if that is the case, I will certainly buy each of those in a heartbeat. I don't know if I'd buy them on vinyl cause I don't have a record player, but yeah. <laughs> hopefully if they release them on vinyl, they'll release them on CDs too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see how that plays out. Cause they also don't even have, um, like an image available for that, uh, for that vinyl release. And that's listed as $16.99. So I don't know, I guess if you're into like vintage, you know, music records and stuff and you want to hold off to see how that plays out. Um, you know, you can wait till December 9th and see if this is actually a thing, but for now there doesn't really seem to be much information about it. Yeah. It's kind of hard to think that they do vinyl and not CDs or anything. 
Maybe they'll put it on a cassette tape of it too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that'll sell real well. Yeah, because then we can all walk around listening to Star Wars in our Walkmans and be like Star Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> Or these big old boom boxes <laughs> yeah. around in the eighties. But um yeah, I mean by the time I'm sure by the time we get this episode edited and posted and you guys are all listening to it, this soundtrack will be released on multiple digital platforms. So uh go ahead and check it out and uh download it and give it a listen if you're a fan of the Clone Wars and the music and you've been waiting for ages for an official soundtrack like we have. Yeah, it's going to be a must-buy for Clone Wars fans, I would imagine. Digital or physical, either way. I think Clone Wars fans are just going to get those. Because like you said, it's been a long time coming since uh, like 2008 when the series started. Because they did a movie soundtrack, but after that, nothing. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, we're just about ready to wrap up this episode, and then I'll just go download it and listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to watch the Ewok movie tonight, and then you got to listen to the Clone Wars soundtrack. But Ewok Yeah, movie. guess which one of those is higher on the total yeah. <laughs> in terms of priority. Uh, Ewok's number one. Yep, I knew it. <laughs> yep. Absolutely not. Duh. Now you ruined my night. <laughs> but before we finish up, we got more from Brian who wanted to chime in on the whole uh, Luke Skywalker discussion about the new rumor that came out. And he goes, I was really surprised to hear that Kyle actually read the major spoiler for a few weeks ago from makingstarwars.net. When I first read the major spoiler, I thought to myself, that's not true. That's impossible. <laughs> but the more I thought about it, the more I actually think he will be and want that. Let me read that again. The more I actually think that he will be and want there to be a major twist in the plot of The Force Awakens. If you look at all the movies with major plot twists, they get better and better the more you see them. You discover more and more layers of truths hidden in plain sight. Think about the acting chops of Mark Hamill himself. Think about the dark side voices he can actually do. Think about the writing team, directors, both present and future. All of them imply major twists. It is what they do. Some better than others. I hope you read the most recent Luke Skywalker rumor from Making Star Wars Net, which we did. The most recent spoiler discussion is more along the lines of what I would like to see as long as we get to see a glimmer of the darkness within the most powerful Jedi of all time. Speaking of Children of the Force, I found this Darth Sidious quote very interesting from the Clone Wars. It points us to believe Darth Sidious planned to do away with the rule of two or at least have many Inquisitors hands of the Emperor in his service. And the quote was, he puts it wait, here. Wait, wait. I got this, Tim. Okay. Yes. I, want to I foresee an army of force-talented spies in my service, trained in the dark side to peer into every corner of the galaxy from afar, and my enemies would be helpless against such vision. <laughs> yeah, I like that quote. It's nice. one of my favorite Palpatine scenes from the Clone Wars. Yeah, well, I thought you said you were going to do the quote. I didn't know you were going to actually play a clip from the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that was awesome Uh, I I look forward to your next episode guys and hearing your responses to these ideas and what that's interesting about the whole children of the force thing because we heard Darth Vader say it and the title we heard Darth Vader say it in the Rebels opening from a few weeks ago and the title of the episode 7 is the force awakens so just going back to that whole speculation thing about the title bring it all home as we finish this episode like it could maybe like a imply the next generation of force users that we kind of mentioned a little bit or is the sith scheme part of like uh using the children of the force like this next generation of young force users that are coming up since maybe it was dormant for a little bit 
30 years ago since Return of the Jedi. So all that stuff's just interesting. And maybe the Sith is going to take more from what Darth Sidious said in that Clone Wars episode to have more of an army. So tons of cool stuff to speculate on there. Good stuff there, Brian. And I do, like we mentioned earlier with the whole Luke Skywalker thing and Brian's in line with us. We're saying he, that recent rumor, we hope that's true. And But he made great points about Mark Hamill's acting chops. The stuff he can do, even if he's not necessarily bad, or evil, maybe just him twisted and a little mad. I mean, Mark Hamill's going to shine in this movie. <laughs> I just can't wait to see his performance. I mean, if I get a little Joker in his madness <laughs> as Luke Skywalker, or, or maybe a little <laughs> the evil hints he could give, that's going to be awesome, man. <laughs> Mark Hamill's going to knock it out of the park in this movie. Can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm certainly not saying that he couldn't play a villain or you know be able to pull that off if that's the way that they decide to go with it, because... Um, I mean, I think he would absolutely nail it if that were the case, but I just don't necessarily want to see, you know, my, my favorite character that I grew up with loving as a kid to end up being the villain of the movie. But like you said, to see a little bit of that madness and a little bit of that dark side to him, you know, if he's you know in seclusion and has gone a little bit deranged or something like that, um, yeah, definitely would, uh, would love to get to see a little bit of his acting range there. No doubt, man. Uh, <laughs> every time, no matter who brings that up, we got this email from Brian. You and me have talked about it. This whole sequence of how Luke is going to be in this movie. This uh, this makes you more and more excited the more you talk about it. This uh, it's going to be awesome. This again, we said this. I think we might have said these words most in this episode, where we just cannot wait <laughs> to see all this stuff because everything we're getting, especially with the the rumor and the title we got this week, uh, this movie is just going to be. Awesome. And again, you got to worry about building up too much for yourself, but it's kind of hard not to do when everything you're reading and the rumors are just sounding really cool and things that you like hearing <laughs> that it just makes sense. It's just hard not to. So <laughs> in the end, I think I'm just going to be pleased when I walked out of that theater. Maybe certain things with certain characters might raise some questions you might not be uh, too happy about or will have to think about before you like could decide if you like that direction. But I think everything, at least with Luke Skywalker in the Force, it's going to knock it out of the park in The Force Awakens. I have no doubt there. Yeah. Oh, man. It's going to be awesome. Like you said, we've been saying that all episode. Like, I just can't wait to see how this plays out, and I can't wait to see this movie. And, oh, man. But seriously, though, like like I said, we're just about 13 months out, and it's still going to be a long 13-month wait. But, um, I mean, in a way, this is sort of like our two-year anniversary episode because it was the beginning of November in uh, 2012. Or was it beginning of November or end of October? When they, yeah, it was like November 1st, I think, <laughs> our first episode, whatever. Well, our first episode, but it was like October 30th or 31st or something that they uh, that they made the announcement. Yeah, it was October 30th. Yeah, but then, um, yeah, so I mean, this is early early November, so pretty close to our, uh, our two-year anniversary mark here. And then, you know, in a month, you know, I'm sure we'll have a big episode to celebrate, like one more year till uh, episode seven. And, of course, if we get a trailer or something – you know, before the end of this year, oh, that's going to be like drop everything and record a new podcast and yeah. <laughs> just nerd out about it for three hours or something. It'll be tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I hope they don't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, either way, it's going to be a great way to end this year. Then enter in 2015. Oh, Thank absolutely! You. Star Wars Awakens. <laughs> yep. 
I'm using yeah. that term a lot now. Yeah. But anyway, that's going to do it for us on this episode. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, um, like I said before, you can uh, check us out on Twitter and Facebook to follow all these stories as we're posting them. Uh, Twitter.com at Star Wars TSC, Facebook.com slash Star Wars The Saga Continues. And you can check out our website, Star Wars TSC.com, uh, where we post uh, you know articles for all these sites as, or for all these you know, news bits and rumors and everything's as well. Um, and, uh, you know, thanks to, to Brian and all you guys for, uh, sending us email and responding to us on, on Facebook and Twitter and stuff. You can send us email at star Wars TSC at gmail.com. Um, and if you, uh, listen to us on iTunes, feel free to, you know, leave us a hopefully positive review on iTunes if you enjoy the show. Um, but yeah, we always love, you know, hearing feedback from our listeners and interacting with you guys and just, uh, you know, hearing more people's thoughts on all this great Star Wars stuff going on. So as always, certainly an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan. Can't wait to see Star Wars The Force Awakens in theaters next year. And as we hear more about it, we'll be back with more episodes to talk about all the news and rumors with you guys. Uh, but until then, we will see you next time and may the Force be with you. See you next time, everybody. When the saga continues, awakens. <laughs>